everyone. This is Patricia. Hoping you guys are having a good holiday, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or the winter solstice or wishing that the new year would come by and you can say goodbye to 2021 and say hello to 2022. I'm hoping that things turn out really, really well for you guys, whether you got some good presents or whether you got to spend time with your family or you were able to relax and enjoy the break. As for me, my holiday didn't exactly go 100% as planned, but it turned out wonderfully in the end. So uh, for those who didn't tune into the season two finale of Aaron and Patricia, the weekly podcast series where Aaron Meta from the Aaron Meta Show and I talk about various pop culture news and do episode recaps on shows, which we'll get to in a moment. I was originally supposed to go over to the UK to visit Aaron and spend the Christmas holiday season with him and his family. But due to the Omicron COVID-19 virus spreading around like crazy, our plans were canceled and we weren't able to go. But Aaron was able to surprise me with a marriage proposal and I said yes. So that's right, Aaron and I are both engaged and we'll be getting married hopefully by next year. But in the meanwhile, what you're about to listen Listen to is a discussion of episodes one through ten of the 2021 Disney Plus series Monsters at Work, based off of the 2001 Pixar movie Monsters Inc. But that's not the only show that we've talked about on Aaron and Patricia. We've also been covering the 2020 Disney Channel animated series The Owl House. I just want to let you guys know there are major spoilers ahead. If you have not watched Monsters at Work, then please. Please, I implore you to go over to Disney Plus and check them out. If you want a more condensed version of our discussion of Monsters at Work, as soon as you're done watching the stuff on Disney Plus, then you can check out the episode of Picks Mix that Aaron and I did, where we basically just did a quick summary of the episodes that you're about to listen to us discussing about. But if you did catch up, then sit back, relax, and enjoy. So, let's talk about Monsters of Work. Uh, we've seen the first two episodes, so um, basically it is... Uh, funnily enough, like, one thing that actually I found very surprising is that it actually picks off, like, the day after Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, exactly. So, if you remember at the end of the movie, Monsters, Inc., that... The end uh, credits goes over to like what happened about a year after it, um, you know, they started scaring kids. So it's like, you know, what happened between then when they started, you know, utilizing laughter as opposed to scaring. And so now we finally get into the the premise of the story. And we're not focusing on Mike and Sully as our main characters. No, we're focusing on a new monster this time around. Yeah, so we get, um, I believe it is uh, Tyler, who is uh, Tuscan, yes, who is, uh, uh, you, you, see, you see me, like, you you can really root for this character, can't you? Because we've all been there, like, you know, we've uh, we've gone to, like, uh, you know, our highest point, and we've, uh, you know, graduated, and then we finally get our exception letter to say that, hey, we're going to finally get into the world of work, and then you find out that it's not exactly what you expect it to be. And so, like, yeah. uh, that, that is going to be a relation that people, a lot of people are going to relate to that. So, uh, we start off with, I think, with a very relatable character, I think, in in that regard. And uh, also, uh, you know, hey, it's a, it's a uh, Pixar with, uh, you know, Billy Crystal and John Goodman in it. So, like, uh, how can we, how can we not say that this isn't going to be, isn't going to be entertaining? So, um, I like how colorful it is. I like the fact that you go straight into it and you feel like this is where, you know, you pick up, you're picking up where you left off. Pretty much from, like, mm-hmm. if you watched Monsters Incorporated, so I like that bit of it. And uh, also, um, you know, the uh, cast of characters that we've got in regards to this, uh, actually, I do I do actually like them. 
So uh, and uh, so the idea is that uh, Tyler now is uh, having to go into the uh, uh, more the uh, the technical uh, repair side of things rather than going onto the scare floor because now they're looking for people to uh, to they're looking for jokesters now not scarers in regards yeah. to that and so um, there's. Um, you get the side plot with, uh, you know, Mike having to, like, you know, take the reins and having to, like, you know, make kids all laugh and everything like that. And he, like, he ends up going, like, on a massive uh, energy drink binge and uh, just uh, going flying <laughs> off the rails. So there's that bit. And uh, then, mind you, the one thing I will say about it, and keep this in mind, we've only watched the first two episodes. Don't you get the feeling that Sully's kind of, like, parts of the side a little bit here in this, in these first two episodes? Like, uh, I mean, he's the, C- he's the CEO of Monsters, Inc. And, you know, knowing that... Sully is going to have to be in charge of the entire corporation. I mean, we did see that in the end of the movie where, you know, he had to be the one in charge and keeping things afloat. So I'm sure that we'll probably get an episode sometime in the future where, you know, Sully is struggling to be the leader of Monsters, Inc. And I'm sure that he's going to have to go through that kind of struggle, which, you know, I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, you know, the fact that this was given to him was very unexpected. I mean, he got Waternoose arrested. He was the top scarer. And now all of a sudden he's the CEO of this massive company that's going through a massive change change and i'm sure that that would be the most stressful for him than anybody else yeah i, I can well imagine so so i think uh, um one thing i think we would like to see like an episode in the future that actually focuses on that i think and uh, so yes the moment, I, I, like, and I wouldn't be surprised if we would because at the moment like uh, we've established tyler we've established his side characters that he's going to be hanging around with and uh, basically we've established where where mikey is right now so that's where we started off on this and so um, right now, I mean, like, I'm just looking at, like, some of the comments in regards to, like, Monsters at Work, and, uh, there's a bit of a, a, a mixed reaction at the moment, so we currently have, currently right now, uh, at the moment, I, I don't know how they can judge this at the minute, but, uh, it's really hovering around the 75% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and, uh, it's got an 81% average score amongst, uh, the audience, and it's sort of, like, in the 7 range at the moment for uh, people watching this, and mind you, we've only watched the first two episodes, so we don't know yet how it's going to be fully... Um, anything, but uh, I'm looking. So um, the Guardian has said that apparently the Pixar spin-off is uh, scarily subpar, according to them. Uh, but uh, Rolling Stone has said that it's fun for all ages, according to this. And uh, Polygon just says it's uh, Disney Plus continues where Monsters Inc. left off, so they think it's good. So um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, so it is. Half people are saying, yeah, it's uh, you know it's average, but other people are saying it is good. So, uh, but we right now we've only seen the first two episodes, and so we can only kind of go off uh, what they've discussed in there. So, um, just speaking of those uh, two episodes, I'm just trying to find them at the moment as well. It's uh, but uh, right now my uh, I do apologise everybody. I should have this up before I uh, start talking. So uh, the first episode that we had, I believe, was called the Damage Rooms. I think mm-hmm. uh, so. There was uh, so that uh, no, was... no, no, no. The, the, the damage. It's, it's a welcome to Monsters Incorporated. Monsters Incorporated. So there was the, that was the first episode. So um, yeah. So basically, we end up with uh, Tyler, you know, making the transformation from uh, Monsters University over to uh, uh, Monsters Incorporated, and uh, yeah, he ends up uh, finding out that uh, they're now not looking for scares anymore; they're looking for jokesters. And uh, he finds uh, also he discovers that apparently someone who was um, originally at Monsters University would drop out like it's uh, a freshman year and uh now apparently he's completed and apparently now he's on the same level as this other person so like mm-hmm. uh, it's like yeah, I, don't know, I don't know it didn't feel very all that funny really it didn't feel like he was they tried to play it for last but it didn't come across as very funny i i don't think much. it was meant to be i don't think it was meant to be funny i mean i the, the you know um 
uh, I think that the person who said it was trying to make it as a joke. It's like, oh yeah, we're you know, I went to you know class for like one year and I dropped off, and you went to school for four, and it's like, oh you know, now we're in the same page, and it's, I guess, I think they were trying to make it like, oh you know. Uh, you know, it's kind of fate that, you know, we would end up together. I think that Val was trying to make it, like, more fun. It's like, hey, we're gonna be working together now. Well, in reality, it's like, no, that didn't come across as that. It's like, Tyler now probably feels like a complete failure. It's like, wow. I wasted four years being the top scarer, and now everything that I've learned has become incredibly redundant is not even needed anymore. Yeah, it's well, like, I, you know, I, I, I can sympathize like with that. So, like, uh, you yeah, know. I mean, it's like a person, it's like a person who was a blacksmith, and then all of a sudden, it's like, now we have the first automobile. It's like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, but like, here's the thing about this. Like, um, it, it, you know, I, I work in, uh, I work with computers, so obviously, it's uh, in my my industry changes like every six months, pretty much. So like, it's uh, so um, it, and you you do end up kind of going into that. Like, the minute you leave university or le- when you leave college, like you work, go into the world of work and you find that everything's changed. Like, it's just it's yeah. uh, so. I sympathized a lot with Tyler. I think uh, in this. I mean, obviously, it didn't change like the dramatic way that it did for him, but it's still kind of like, uh, yeah, it's still like very different from where he was, pretty much. Yeah, it, it was a very similar thing to me, where I went to school for a re- uh, for uh, you know for one thing, and then when I graduated, not only did the Great Recession happen, but also there was a much more convenient way of doing a job that um, they didn't need somebody like me anymore, and so I was pretty much like doing odd jobs for the pa- for the next ten years, and then I had to go back to school again to learn something else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I kind of relate to that too. Yeah. So um, we end up with uh, Tyler being re- being introduced into uh, into the show, and we get to meet all the side characters. I mean, uh, I guess uh, there was one side character which we had, which was uh, it was uh, what's his name, Fritz. I think yeah, it was, Fritz. and obviously his name, you know, if, uh, something something on the Fritz, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But uh, so there was that, and also we got introduced uh, to uh, his. Um, I think his. Uh, He's a, like a co-supervisor, no, not a co-supervisor, like his um, deputy of supervisors, something like that. And, like he thinks that's a title trying to take his job. Or yeah, Duncan. Like, yeah, Duncan, like that. And so, uh, yeah, it's um, where we get introduced to all these characters, and uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, I say it's a, a, a an average way. I think I would say to introduce a show, but I mean, it wasn't like wow, like you know, like hey, we've got this, we've got this like uh, you know, massive show. I, I don't think we got all that much of a laugh. I don't think until the second episode. I think until we got yeah. uh, miffed, and then we got yeah. more of an introduction to like what was going on. Yeah, I, I think that's what uh, disappointed a lot of uh, critics who saw it. It's like, yeah, I mean, they didn't expect that it was going to be going in this direction. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they were going into this fresh and thinking like, you know, why is it going in this direction? Why aren't we focusing on Mike and Sully? So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, that were to be the case. And yeah, the first episode is definitely um, uh, a hit at home for those who have been struggling with school and then have going through like major debt. And then all of a sudden they have to work on this low class job at a place that you dreamed of working on because the thing that you were trained for for four years is now become pretty irrelevant and out and um, obsolete. So it, it does really hit home. And then the second episode, which continues right off after the the first episode, where Mike started starts off the um, the comedian class, and you know, good for Mike because as we saw in Monsters University, he was never really good at scaring. And so the fact that he's like top bill C, well CEO, vice president, whatever it is uh, that they decide to call him, and then he's the one training the uh, the new workers to be comedians. And it's like, you know, hey, good for him. You know, he was able to finally make his dream a reality after all. And But I, I do li- like the fact that, you know, he starts, like, working overtime. And then, you know, he has to take, like, not only coffee, but this 36 and a half hour energy drink so that he can keep scaring. 
Mm-hmm. And not only that, I was a Caesar's comedy class and do all the things that you're supposed to do as you know someone who's in charge of the company. So yeah, and then the, and then Tyler goes into like through this initiation, which kind of reminds me of that initiation that uh, Nemo had to go through in Finding Nemo, so that he can be alongside with the the tank fish. So I thought that that was like a nice little um, touch right there, and also the fact that um, one of the characters, uh, Banana Bread, apparently is really funny, and so Miss Flint decides to bring it up to be in a um, to be in a jokester. So it's like you know, good for him. You know that that's awesome. Yeah, and so um, basically, I, I, I'm just looking at the arc that we're going on here. There's part of me that believes that Tyler is probably saying, "Oh, I'm going to be here temporarily," but uh, then he realizes how you know uh, he, he he basically gets to um, know his colleagues a lot better, and uh, he starts maybe to enjoy his job more, and maybe he ends up kind of like uh, maybe stay inside. Like, oh, he gets the opportunity to actually be a jokester, but then decides to turn it down, and stay down in the uh, in Mift. I don't know. Mm. So um, either I mean. Uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, right now, from what we can see, I think that there's going to be about, like, ten episodes in this season. So, um, we don't know how that's going to turn out. We'll see if they're able to make more episodes. But, yeah, this is something completely new for Pixar. They, have, they haven't made an animated series based off of one of their movies in 20 years. Not since Buzz Lightyear or Star Command. So, let's see how uh, Monsters at Work works out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say that this is the first 3D series, I think, that they've done. Because, you know, Buzz Lightyear or Star Command if you remember, it was a 2D animated show. So. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And and, and I, I get what the direction was. It's like it was akin to like a Saturday morning cartoon, you know, based off of the toys. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really, now uh, Now that I'm thinking about it, I, if, if Monsters at Work does really, really well, I would love to, see, I mean, we. I think, did, did we talk about this, Aaron, about like what movies we would like, uh, uh, the Pixar movies we would like to see animated series? We did talk about this, actually. Yeah, I, 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 I said because uh, I would like to see them do uh, The Incredibles. The Incredibles would be a great uh, animated series. I yes. Think. And... Yes, I remember we did talk about this. So yeah, if we want to see uh, Monsters at Work do really well, then maybe there will be a possibility we'll get more animated series based off of Pixar movies. Yeah, who knows? We might get them. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually curious. I mean, are you know the the episodes are going to be coming out on a weekly basis? So should we start covering them once a week, just like we're doing the Owl House? Uh, yeah, I think we can give it a go. And uh, yeah, we'll think we'll uh, just uh, if anything interesting happens, we'll definitely let you know. So, uh, yeah, but, and then when we and then when we're done with season one, then we'll talk about it in Pixmix. Yeah, because at the minute, like I think one criticism I will have for Monsters at Work at the moment is that I think um, while it has started off um, interesting, like it, you know we've got the familiarity of the characters and uh, everything like that. I don't know. I think uh, I- I'm looking to see what they do with like you know the next couple of episodes because I think they really need to build on what they've got at the moment. Because at the minute, there's not. I mean, it's fun obviously being hanging out with Mike and Sully again, and uh, you know Rose now. You know Ross is not longer there anymore. We know she's actually the uh in charge of the cda so uh she, she's obviously gone away and then uh, left rose as in her in her position who's her sister so uh, i'm interested to see how they develop that and uh yeah i just think uh, they've uh, got uh some i don't know i just feel like they need to flesh out the factory a bit more i think you know they've they shown how miffed kind of like operate like they say they've shown a bit more like how the technology works and things like that so there's some world building going on but i think there needs to be a little bit more and so uh, let's see what happens in the next couple of episodes yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens, and we'll see how uh, Tyler is able to, uh, you know, constantly train to be a jokester, and we'll see, you know, how well that turns out when, you know, maybe he eventually has to make the decision of whether he wants to be a member of MIFT or if he wants to be a jokester. Yeah, well, so, I mean, we, we've got a character to root for, so that's a positive. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, kudos for Pixar for not just... You know, relying on Mike and Sully to be like the me the the main act uh, you know attraction for this series because I'm sure it's like 
yeah, you know, we have Mike and Sully back again, and, you know, they're able to take it into a new direction. They're able to change it up a bit, and it was like, okay, that's great. You know, we're able to expand the world of Monsters, Inc. a bit. Yeah, I think uh, to win over old-school fans, because obviously there's going to be some disappointment with that Mike and Sully on the center of attention here, but uh, I think they need to basically make our new characters, you know, uh, you know, they need to give them, like, uh, a lot more, flesh them out quite a bit more and things like that, so to uh, obviously say, okay, well, we haven't got Mike and Sully in this scene, but hey, we've got all these other characters that we like. You know? Yeah, I mean, you have to remember that Monsters, Inc. is about 20 years old, and there's a lot of kids who grew up with it, and you have to understand, I'm sure that, you know, Monsters at Work, they're going to be looking at it with a much more critical eye than just an average fan. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's start with Monsters at Work, Episode 3. So, um, this is an episode which uh, features um, them seeing what would happen if they actually damaged the, uh, one of the bedrooms. And like, uh, so they'd have to, so, so MIFs have to uh, basically go in and basically do, you know, uh, hardware repair to a wall, which uh, uh, Flem has uh, sneezed on and basically has burned through the wall. And so they have to replace it. So there's all these shenanigans of like what you do with the baby when you're trying to do like all the, uh, all the, all the hammering and stuff. So they took the baby out and uh, Mike and Sully decided to take it to a baseball game, which is very responsible of them. Not. Uh, and so, while all that's going on, we have the dynamic of uh, of our two characters, uh, RJ and uh, I think it's Troy, I think it is. Uh, I, I'm still trying to remember the names of people, but uh, they are still going through like their back and forth of like, by the way, that's still going on, their back and forth about, you know, talking with each other at... Um, um, at Monsters University, when in actual fact they only like ever shared one conversation, and then finally, are you, oh wait, wait, are you are you talking about um, you're, are you talking about Tyler and Val? Tyler and Val, yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I said RJ, but uh... yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Tyler and Val. I mean, you know, Val is still going about like, oh, do you remember in uh, Monsters University when we you know did this thing in class, or you know, remember like this thing? And he's like, no, I don't remember. And, and, and it, I guess it makes a lot of sense considering that number one, they were only in one class together, and number two, she was only there for one year before she dropped out. So, yeah, I mean, you have this whole thing about like her bringing back memories of things that I mean, we don't even know if it actually happened, but then we'll talk about that later on. And then you know, Tyler's just trying to you know um, get his footing in with working at Mift with like all the mechanics and stuff like that. So he doesn't exactly do a very good job with like you know getting the um, the duct tape out or you know um you know, like tripping and falling in things or you know setting off things that um you know kind of like brings the the characters in trouble and then duncan comes along and says oh i'm your supervisor i'm gonna keep an eye on you it's like really uh, come on dude and then you know of course cutter's the one who basically just saves the day and you know she's the one who kind of like patches the hole she's the one who you know tries to help out tyler with like you know what to do in terms of like getting the wall fixed she's the one who even activates the door again so yeah cutter's technically the hero of this episode yeah it just uh, do you get the feeling that these characters aren't evolving all that much except for the uh, the uh, uh, with val and uh, and uh, tyler you know, like, uh, I, I just get the feeling that, uh, you know, it is becoming, you know, we're, in, we're, th we're three episodes in, and uh, don't get me wrong, I think we've kind of been spoiled for, like, you know, progressing series, so, like, you know, Amphibia also progresses pretty well. Um, I mean, also we can talk about the Owl House, that progresses incredibly well, <laughs> maybe too quick for some people. And, uh, you know, same thing with Gravity Falls as well, like, uh, you know, you've got all these uh, series that are continuing one from one another, but you get the feeling that, you know, Monsters, Monsters at Work is just kind of, like, stuck in its own, it kind of stuck in, like, you know, uh, it's getting a bit kind of Groundhog Day, a little bit, really. Like, uh, you know, here you are walking in with these characters, and they're kind of, like, doing the same shtick. 
You know, like, uh, I'm hoping we're going to get some episodes like, soon um, that, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, focus on, like, one main character and then kind of, like, evolve that person's story as it goes along with all the other ones kind of interacting in between. And uh, we kind of got like that bit with Troy and Val, but with everybody else, and like it's uh, as well as well. Like I mean, I don't know the uh, the whole uh, thing of um, you know uh, Mike and Sully going to a baseball game, and then Mike getting you know getting any you know in a fight with a you know an opposing fan. Like that didn't really progress anything, did it? I mean, it, it definitely did bring me back memories of when, when I was a kid living in New York and there was always, like, the discussions about, like, who's better, the Mets or the Yankees. So, you know, that brought back memories for me when my dad would take me over to baseball games in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, there's, I guess, well, for you personally, there's sentimental value in that, but uh, there's a lot of people who haven't got into fights at baseball games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if the Red Sox come in, then, oof, then yeah. we're going to have a blood Yeah, bath. but, you know, like, I'm just confused at Someone from Britain, like, who has basically spent his entire time in stadiums with, like, you know, segmented fans. So, like, the away fans would be over at the other side of the stadium. All the home sound fans will all be, like, uh, you know, the you know, other places. Like, I don't get my head around that. I really don't. Like, Not uh, around here, babe. Around here, we're all together. So if you hear one side cheering for one team, then you're if you're going to be cheering for the others, then sometimes you're going to get booed at. And sometimes you're going to, you know, I mean, especially if they're like, you know, they get a home run or something like, yay. And then the other one's like sucking and it's like, oh, come on, you know, you yeah, suck or something like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, they should really, imagine, it kind of, doesn't that kind of ruin the dynamic of it really? Like, wouldn't you have like, once I have your own section of fans cheering for you? Like, you know, it's just, it's rather than having them like, scattered across the, across the stadium. Like, well, to be fair, I haven't been to a baseball game in so long. Or I can't, I went to this baseball game around the late 90s. So maybe the dynamic has changed since then. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess for some people, it's kind of the fun, you know, where you have like this bit of a disagreement or argument about this. But yeah, it is kind of annoying. And yeah, it doesn't, I mean, other than that, you know, my personal, um, you know, love of baseball, yeah, it doesn't really progress the story. The only reason why they're at the baseball game in the first place is because the MIF team are working on the hole in the wall so that they can be able to patch it up. And so they have the baby and, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, keep it asleep while, you know, they're out of this baseball game. And then there's whole this there's this whole thing about, like, Mike not getting attached to this baby, very similar to how Sully was attached to Boo in the movie. Yeah, I mean, we were even talking about this, like, when we were watching the episode. It's like, you really actually need to know about Mom Monsters Inc. before you jump into Monsters at Work because there's a lot of references and little touches to like quotable lines that people who watch it outside of the movie won't get. Yeah, like that that's what goes against this. Like you should be able to watch this series without having to kind of know what Monsters Inc. is. And I, I get it, it, I think there is an expectation that everyone needs to kind of like do like their research on Monsters Inc. before watching this show, which isn't necessarily a good thing. No, yeah, it's not. It yeah. was one of the cons that I, that we brought up when we were discussing about the Jungle movie. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, um, this episode, I mean, I guess now, you know, Troy and Val, I guess, are going to have a bit more of a close relationship now. I guess, you know, as long as, you know, uh, Val's not grossing people out. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I just feel like we were out this episode with not much achieved, really. So... Like Saying it. Tyler is still trying to get his footing in the door of learning how to be a MIFT member with, you know, him learning how to fix things. I get that. And, you know, the relationship between Tyler and Val is starting to build up. And we even got that moment where Val is saying... Um, the only reason why I was bringing up those false memories was because I remember when I first met you and then you said to me, is this seat taken? And she was happy because nobody knew her in Monsters University, which is one of the many reasons why she left. 
And then he actually did remember that saying, yes, I remember. And, you know, I said, um, and then you said to me, best seat in the house. And then, you know, uh, they talked about like, uh, you know, their, their favorite candy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there is somewhat of a friendship being built, but not really that much. And also with Mike and Sully, it's like, we know that they're the CEOs of Monsters, Inc. And we know that um, we were going to have like this, um, you know, um, how you call it? Like, they're, they're going to be like uh, some episodes where they're not going to work at Monsters, Inc. They're going to take a break from the comedy class and, you know, making sure that the power doesn't go off. But I, I guess this is more like, you know, seeing Mike and Sully doing regular things again. And, you know, kind of like a little bit of a reversal where, you know, Mike is, you know, taking care of this baby who he calls Snow. And, you know, because Snow. he's snoring. <laughs> snore, yeah, snore. And, um... You know, he doesn't want to build an attachment to it. And he even sings a lullaby where he's basically saying, like, you know, I don't care about you. You know, I'm not, um, you know, tickled by your, your toes and I don't care about your laugh or anything like that. So he's trying his very best to, like, stay away from this because he knew what happened to Sully with Boo. So he's trying to stay far away from building an attachment to this child. But he kind of does when the... the um, when the giant monster who's rooting for the other team kind of gets in the way. But it was more for the like of, oh, you know, he's a weenie and he's rooting for the other team as opposed to like the baby. So, you know, know, there's that. But other than that, yeah, this episode was a bit of a letdown. I mean, we didn't really get any new information outside of things that we already saw. I mean, I mean, they are building up that, you know, Tyler is not very good at being a Mift member, but we kind of already knew that from the first two episodes. So... I mean, I guess this was kind of like more of a downplayed episode where we get to see more of Mike and Sully, but yeah, kind of a disappointment. So yeah, I I, I would say skip this one. Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, let's let's hope for more production in the in the next episode. I mean, to be honest, someone needs to someone over at the Monsters at Work production really needs to like you know knock on like you know Alex Mitchell's door or uh, you know uh, Dana Terrace's door and say hey you know uh, or at least you know give him a team call like you know pandemic or something like that but you know say hey you know how, how do we progress these characters <laughs> like you know <laughs> these people need to know ways to know to do it better than you know whoever's writing Monsters at Work right now uh, I know that's uh, sad to say but unfortunately that's how we feel about it. So. Well, I mean, you have to remember that this is the first time in 20 years that they're doing an animated series. So they've been hitting out of the park with their movies, but writing you know, stories for movies and writing stories for TV shows are completely different. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that they're trying to get themselves back in the game in terms of that. And if they really want to you know, be successful enough to do more animated series based off of their movies like The Incredibles or something else, it's like, yeah, they, they really need to like be updated in terms of how to write stories for television nowadays because the stuff that they're writing for television is something that you would probably see like maybe 20 or even 10 years ago but nowadays you know television shows are all about lore they're all about character development they're all about character interactions they're all about progressing the stories they're all about um you know seeing the character one way and then episode 50 something they're completely different than what they were before I mean, sure, you could have self-contained stories that are more wholesome and more charming, absolutely. But, yeah, I think that for the most part with Monsters at Work, the fact that the Monsters, Inc. world, the Monstropolis world, is so massive that you can tell any type of story. And they're still limited to, once again, with Monsters, Inc. and, you know, not really that much. I mean, it's so much potential that you have. You have Mike and Sully, who are trying to completely change the way Monsters, Inc. was from, you know, scaring to laughter. It's like... 
you know, and then you have like focusing on a new monster who went from being a college graduate to learning to be a scarer to now working as a mechanic. So it's like there's a lot of things you can tell here. And I'm hoping that the next few episodes, um, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah. Right, we are going to talk about the fourth episode of Monsters at Work, and uh, I've got to be honest with everybody, I'm really trying to give this a chance. I really am, but this is the episode where I just didn't laugh. No, I didn't laugh either. Yeah. In fact, I I would argue that this episode was even more pointless than the one we talked about last week. Yeah, it's like, so, um, we're introduced to this character called Gary, who basically is just a reskinned Mike. And so yes. he basically lays down a challenge to uh, Mike Wazowski that uh, there's going to be this bowling competition that's going to be going on. And so uh, he, Mike then decides that he's going to put the, uh, uh, the MIFs team up against Gary's team in the tournament. And uh, basically they are going to, uh, you know, whoever basically loses out of this tournament... Uh, is uh, going to have to be their butler and give them loads of money and goodness knows what else. It's just stuff I just didn't care about. And uh, so um, they end up uh, being put in this team and they you're giving the impression that these guys can actually bowl and actually they are good at bowling. But then you find out that, uh, no, they actually suck. And yeah. so it was just it just wasn't funny about how they built that up, and then they realized, like, it, it just kind of felt like, yeah, they're, they're building this up to be like, oh, yeah, they you know that they're not going to be very good. And, uh, yeah, we were kind of like, because they were, we were already given, um, you know, the uh, the idea that they're incompetent, pretty much already in some way, shapes, and forms. But uh, unless it comes to, like, you know, actually doing their basic jobs. But uh, besides that, like, uh, it's just, yeah, it, there's just nothing to get excited about here. It's just kind of like them kind of like sucking their way through a bowling game, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's all there was to it. I mean, we have the motivation from Tyler that he wants to be able to look good in front of Mike so that he can be able to get one step closer to being a jokester. We have Mike who wants to be able to win this bet against Gary so that not only will he do his paperwork and be his butler, but also to get a date at Harryhausen's. But then I pointed out, wait a minute, wasn't he banned at Harryhausen's? We we knew about that from, like, episode one. Well, through like, some kind of, like, you know, uh, one-liner explanation and Apparently, uh, now Mike Rosalski is no longer banned from Harryhausen's, from what I understand. Yeah, he was saying, like, oh, you know, because I'm, like, the co-CEO of Monsters Incorporated, I get to be able to come back inside. It's like, okay, then what was the point of him being banned in the first place if that was going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, they just, just I, I don't understand, like, at the first they decided, oh, yeah, it would just be funny to have him banned from Harryhausen's, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, no, just, uh, you know, CEO now, so banned, go, go, go bye-bye. Like, you know, it's, just, it's uh, what, what? Yeah, so yeah. that's inconsistent. And uh, Yeah, not only that, but Gary is such a lame character. Essentially, it's like, hey, you remember when Sully used to have a rival named Randall who was kind of a jerk? Let's do that for Mike, except that we don't put any effort into his design whatsoever. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, well, mind you, they couldn't bring back Randall anyway because now he's stuck in the human world, so he's pretty much been banished at this point. But, uh, so, I mean, that's, that would be interesting. Like, what happens if they actually brought Randall back? You know? Yeah, that that would be interesting if they brought back Randall. I'd I be mean, more interested to see an episode of that than see an episode of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that the focus is about Tyler, but even then with Tyler's side of the story where, you know, he's trying to get this team together and he's trying to, you know, try to win this tournament so that he can look good in front of Mike. It's like, 
that's not even interesting either. It's like you're going to look good in front of Mike, but you're also at the same time going to betray your teammates because you want them to um, win the tournament and you're going up against Gary. And then he's like, oh, well, why don't we um, you guys go to lunch because the tournament's been canceled and then I'll uh, stay here and watch over the fort. But then Duncan betrays him for you know what? I don't even know what the reason why Duncan even betrayed him because, you know, Duncan approached him in like the secret room, which is the closet saying, you know, you have to sign this contract promising me that you'll never become the main um you know leader behind the facilities team and he we already knew that he didn't we, was not even interested in he wants to be a jokester that's why he's doing the comedy classes duncan he is not your main uh competition stop bothering him about this already so the whole fact that he was the one who told them oh um you know, it, it turns out that, you know, Tyler was lying to you. It's like, are you trying to make him like you less? It's, I mean, it's not going to work because, first of all, they were saying, oh, you know, we, we're a team and we have to stick together. And I'm like, oh, give me a break. Okay. Um, I'm just looking here. Apparently, um, Gary, apparently, is played by uh, Gabrielle Ingeles. Oh, uh, Gabriel. Yes, I know it is played by Gabriel Iglesias. I know that, Iglesias. and he's uh, he's a he is a hilarious comedian, by the way. He is fantastic. I've seen his stand up routines on TV, Netflix. I was even there in person at one of them, watching it uh, with my family, and everybody just laughed off the floor. He is a fantastic stand up comedian, mm. and so the fact that he had to play like this lame version of Randall, but except look like. Mike, but with a blue tint on. It was a massive disappointment. It's like, this is Gabriel Iglesias he's, we're talking he's about. Even, he's not even Randall. He's just a reskinned Mike. You know, like, exactly. Uh, and the worst part of it is he's not funny. Yeah, like, you know, like the, they should have like, sat him down and said, hey, Gabriel, what type of jokes would you do in this situation? And then just let him ad lib and then just put oh it into God. the episode. If, if Gabriel had the opportunity to just ad-lib, going crazy, I would go nuts over it. it would actually, we would actually laugh in this episode if we just if they just let him be him. You know? Yeah, I mean, they, they did the same thing with Robin Williams, and they did the same thing with, um, you know, uh, James Wood. So, yeah, take a comedian who's very well-known and making people laugh and just let him do whatever he wants. It's like, that would have been gold right there. Yeah, it's just this. Uh, I I just think that they they really have dropped the ball on this one. They really oh, have. Get it, bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I didn't even intentionally make that joke. I I seriously say they have dropped the ball on this one. They really have. Like, this episode sucked. Yeah, by the it wasn't. Way. It was. It, it wasn't. Funny. Even, even the segment at the end, like that whole Mike joke thing, wasn't even funny either. Like, you know, like... Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the last one was actually pretty funny, you know, where, you know, Mike was, like, trying to show them how to do the whoopee cushion, and then when he sat on it, and then the guy, the monster said, you killed it! That was actually funny. That was but funny, the, yeah. yeah. But having, yeah but the, having Gabriel basically just kind of, like, you know, um, raz Mike, you know, in uh, in that whole thing, and not have, like, a payoff for it, like, it's just, it's, it just, it just didn't work, you know? No, n not only did it not work, but... It wasn't funny. I mean, in fact, we actually, as, as soon as we were done watching this episode, we actually switched over to Gravity Falls. And then by the first minute, we were laughing of the jokes that Grunkle Stan did. So it's like, no, it's not that, you know, we didn't appreciate the jokes that Monsters, Inc. was throwing at us. It just wasn't funny at all. No. Which is a problem, by the way, considering that, you know, in addition to, like, the heart and emotions of Sully and Boo, Monsters, Inc. is also very well known for its, co for its comedy. 
So that's a problem. Yeah, I I just think that uh, it's I think monsters at work right now. It works for its physical humor and its explanation of the physical humor, but it doesn't work when they're trying to tell the jokes themselves. It, uh, don't, don't, yeah, like when you actually have comedians actually playing these characters and like what's what the comedians are doing isn't written well. Like it's just it's uh, what at what point do you turn around and say you know maybe we should let the comedians kind of like ad lib their own stuff and maybe we should just animate around it and that would make it funnier. I'd rather have that at that point. Yeah, I mean, it would be like the Angry Beavers in which, um, you know, Mitch Shower let Mick Mackay and Richard Horvitz do ad-libs and then they just animated around that. Oh, like, that, that, that was... That, yeah, that, that's what made the Angry Beavers fun in a way. You know, like, Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly, so... Yeah, um, so, unfortunately, everybody, uh, I mean, not much to write home about, really, with Monsters at Work. Like, uh, I mean, I really hope this isn't going to be one of those series where, you know, it gets... I mean, even then, like, I mean, it was kind of a bit flat when it was, uh, when we were first starting off, and now we're here. It's like, it kind of makes me dread for, like, the next episode. It really does. Yeah, I mean, the first time that we were watching the series, we were actually excited because it was sounding like a really cool concept. It's like, you have this monster who was training for four years in Monsters University. He becomes a scarer, and then all of a sudden, they don't do scaring anymore. Now he has to, you know, learn how to do something else from the ground up, and now he's put into a low-class job. And so, what's his story going to be like? And then with Mike and Sully, it's like, now that they brought in laughter into this um, job as opposed to scaring now they have to redo the whole company from scratch and we've, we saw from that epilogue in the movie that it worked out great for them so I would love to see what happened in between there but if the stories are going to be like this it's like I mean, we know that the story's going to be 10 episodes, you know, the show's going to be 10 episodes, at least from the first season. I don't know if they're going to have a season 2 yet. But if it keeps on going like this, I'm sorry, I'm I'm kind of hesitating on, like, wanting to see more Pixar series if it's going to go into this direction. Well, I mean, like, I just think, I don't think this is, any, this is going to be, like, the, it should be the death nail of Pixar series. I mean, like, uh, I think maybe they should put Monsters of Works to one side and maybe they should look at The Incredibles. Maybe it's their next TV series. I think, and mm. see if they can do something with that. Because uh, I just think at the moment, I just don't think Monsters of Work is working. <laughs> Ironically enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, I I hope it doesn't go into the cliche route about like Tyler loves being a miffed member and then that he, he wants to be eventually in charge when Fritz decides to retire and then Duncan pulls up the contract saying, eh, 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 you signed this contract, you're not supposed to be in charge anymore. And then there's like some sort of loophole with Mike and Sully. I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went in that direction. But yeah, I mean, the stuff that they're doing right now has just been pretty predictable and boring and not really that interesting to watch i mean we haven't been invested whatsoever with any of the characters or any of the stories and this is really concerning for me so yeah this episode was terrible i'm sorry don't don't watch it don't yeah. don't, it, don't it, even it, mind you it. It's not, it, besides that contract signing which might play into an early episode there's nothing really else to write home about Really? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything else other than just, oh, you know, we're probably going to see Gary again, considering that, you know, he and Mike have a rivalry, so there's there's one. And also, maybe uh, Tyler will get closer to the MIFT members, which, you know, yay. I mean, it's not like, not, I mean, I don't really care about any of them, to be quite honest. I can't even so. remember their names anymore. That's, I mean, I mean, like, there's, I mean, there's Fritz, Val, Cutter, and Duncan. Yeah, and then but being a babe, like, I, I, you had to remind me of them. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> True. You know, I, that, I did have to remind you of that. That's where we are right now. It's just, it's just like, uh, yeah, like, um, it's, yeah, 
that's just where we are right now. So yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that now. Here's the thing: I, I I'm hoping that they'll do what they did with like shows that I've seen in recent years, where yes, it starts off very slow, but then it gets so much better later on. Like, I mean, I kind of felt the same way about like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, The Owl House, in which it started off pretty slow, but then when they got things going, it really started to get good. So I'm hoping that a, a, the, the same direction will go for Monsters at Work, where you know they're just starting off, they're just getting their well, footing I mean, in. Well, I mean, unless we're unless we're at the bit where it's like you know Disney wants to hold the hand of Monsters at Work for the first few episodes. So maybe like uh, maybe the back end of this show, maybe it will get good when they decide. Oh yeah, we'll just let you do whatever you want to do. And uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's what we're waiting for at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we get that soon because we're almost halfway done with season one. And well, if you so remember, far, we, were, we were halfway through the Owl House, and then all of a sudden, you know, business started to pick up when we started to get to the point where you know, like uh, you know, we were facing with Eda being, uh, being, uh, you know, uh, being turned to stone. So like, uh, you know, well, I mean, that is true, but we do know the reason why that happened was because Dana Terrace was, you know, stopped by executive meddling from Disney to tell the stories that she wanted to. So, but exactly, yeah, but that's, 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 that's what that's what we were, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're waiting for. Here. Like, you know, maybe we're probably not going to get anything after episode five, maybe. You know, like, uh, maybe, I mean, how many episodes have we got to go at the moment of Monster We have six more to go. Six more to go, oh, exactly, yeah. So maybe when we get to episode seven, maybe, like, uh, maybe it'll start to get a bit better, maybe. I'm not too sure. So uh, maybe, yeah. what, maybe what we're looking at here is maybe this is Pixar being handheld by Disney saying, okay, this is like your first proper series. We want in on it just for now and then once we start to believe that you can you know do this you know the way that we think you can do it then we'll let you go off and do what you want you know i think uh, i think disney seems to have this uh and maybe we're going to see that with uh, you know the ghost and uh and uh you know uh molly molly magee molly magee yeah. and maybe and you know maybe we're going to see that with other disney series like you know maybe it's going to be disney handholding like you know for, for the first few episodes to establish things and then after that they'll just let them all on their way you know yeah I, I, I'm still hoping to see some more uh, decent episodes of Monsters at Work, but right now, yeah, they, they haven't been really impressing me. No. First off, let's talk about Monsters at Work, and, uh, oh, good grief. Th this show just continues to not be funny, and just continues to, you know, really push characters down our throats, which we just can't either relate to, or we don't really want to, like, you know feel any sympathy for it's just you know so in this episode um fritz goes on vacation uh through a door that he shouldn't be going through and uh, so that's that whole thing and uh, then um duncan uh gets put in charge as temporary supervisor which val puts him into because they spin like some kind of like wacky wheel and uh, they decide who's gonna be temporary supervisor it's like you know is that supposed to be hilarious in some way, I have no idea. But uh, Val ends up being chosen as the supervisor, but she decides to rig the wheel to put it in Duncan's favor. So Duncan ends up being the supervisor, and he ends up being an asshole, as we all kind of like in the show. And he keeps going on with this whole fucking trope about wanting to like be the you know that uh, Troy is trying to like you know uh, become you know the uh, the head supervisor of uh, this this group that he doesn't want to be part of, and he's made it clear time and time and time again that he doesn't want to be there, and he wants to be one of the uh, you know, laughers on the left floor, 
And uh, Duncan just doesn't. Oh, he's just he's insufferable. This character, he really is. And he just there's nothing funny about him. Just constantly going on about something that he you know he ends up having to be corrected over and over and over again. It's infuriating now. Stop. You yes, it, it, it's it's getting old. By the way, I mean he even uh, even it was Tyler two episodes it. ago. Yeah, Me- Tyler even mentioned it. Hey, I signed a contract saying I'm not interested in it, and then he decides to push him around and saying, "Do this, college boy. Do that, college boy." It's like seriously, just stop it already. Yeah, it's just like he's already made. Uh, just he's just insufferable. I, I really, I mean, I really thought maybe in this episode we were going to get some character development from this guy, but we didn't. You know, like you just nope. said, he, he, he was about to tell us, like, what's the reason why he's so obsessed with this? And, like, he was about to say something, and then he decides not to say anything. And he's just like, it's so infuriating. I mean, compared to what we're about to talk about, you know, in the, in the next bit of this spoiler, you know, section, but, uh, I mean, like, uh, the, that's, you know, the Owl House is moving at a way better pace. And you can say it's moving too fast, but at least it's moving at a pace. Whether it's, you know, Monsters at Work is just crawling, just painlessly, painfully, painfully crawling. You know, through yeah, and you want to know what the worst part is? It's in the middle of its first season. <sighs> Kill me. It's just a, have have you and I learned anything about our characters? No, nothing. No, not, not from the first two episodes that we've seen them in. We've learned nothing. We don't know about their backstories. We don't know about their main motivations. We don't even know anything about them that we haven't seen already. It's it's getting really infuriating. And I know what we said last week. Maybe, you know, Disney is, like, holding them back of what kind of stories they could tell. And, you know, maybe, like, later on they'll develop better stories. But I'm starting to question if that's even true or not. I mean, this entire episode was just infuriating. I mean, the whole situation with, um, you know, the fact that the two guys, like, who are keeping doors that are supposed to be shredded, but now they're just illegally having them around so that monsters can take vacations. Okay, that's strike one. Strike two, you would think that Duncan would become more of a, you know, sympathetic character, like, where he becomes, like, a jerk at first, but then you start learning about why he wants to become the leader of this maybe because maybe you know uh, he wants to make his parents proud or maybe he's trying to prove himself we don't know anything that's strike two strike three is that you know we have you know cutter who wants to play a joke on duncan saying hey you need to empty out all of these um you know scare containers and you know even one bit of it can launch a monster across the room and so tyler decides to do it and then it just causes a major disaster and so guess what everybody should have been blamed for this val should have been blamed because she decided to give her position to duncan duncan should have been blamed for this because he was supposed to be the one in charge and he just screwed everything up cutter should have been blamed for this because she was the one who gave tyler the idea of letting out the steam for the monster screaming container and tyler should have been blamed for this because he didn't pull out the container that was trapped in the wall and the inspector got himself knocked over and so they decided to just throw him into the room where fritz was taking his vacation so yeah in this normal situation everybody should have been fired i'm calling him troy instead of tyler haven't i I just realized. Yes, yeah, his, his name is Tyler. Troy. Yeah, that, that's how much I'm so in, uh, uninvested in these characters. Like, it's just, it's like, you know, after everything that's happened, I really wish these characters would just be, you know, fired, banished, go away. You know, like, uh, let's and just. They were really close of it, too. They were close of being terminated. Yeah, but just, then... let's just, let's just get, get rid of them and just focus on Mike and Sully. 
You know, just like, uh, uh, at, le at least their characters, I mean, mind you, I mean, even Mike Wazowski, I mean, like, you know, when he was trying to bribe the, uh, the whole, you know, uh, uh, the, the audit guy, like, uh, you know, trying to stop them from being shut down, at least that's something you think, well, maybe that's a bit excessive for what Mike Wazowski would do, but it's like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, at least, you know, we can laugh at Mike Wazowski and we can laugh somewhat at Sully, you know, because obviously we're used to them you know, obviously watching them as uh, as characters through you know the movies, but it's just it's uh, I can't you know you can't just throw new characters in, not develop them, not do anything with them that is of substance, and then expect them to find some either something relatable or funny with them. Like you know, like uh, that whole inspector who came in, like he had more character development in that episode than the whole freaking show uh, cast in like half yeah. the season. Like, yeah, how? like, first of all, we knew that he hasn't been taking a break in 20 years. We knew he had eight eyes that he usually carries around so he can be able to inspect every single corner. We knew he's a bit of a stiff because he takes his job very seriously. And we know that he can be able to be a little bit more relaxed once he has the time to take some time off. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, the, the priorities of these uh, of these writers is wrong. 100% wrong. You should not be giving progression to side characters. Or, like, guest characters that come in for the show. You know, like, your your main a aim here is to progress these characters who are going to be repeatedly coming on your show on a regular basis. These are the people we care about. The the, the, the side character who comes in, or, like, you know, the, the, the waiter at Harryhausen's, or, like, all the other characters who just come in who, you know, we don't care about these people. They're there just to drive the story, you know, on the sides. The main people in the middle of this story is who you're supposed to be focused on, and you're not focused on them you're no just not and instead you're just repeating the same traits of them over and over and over again we know that duncan wants to be the one who supervises miffed we know that val is supposed to be like the cheery bubbly character we know that cutter's the one who's taking her job seriously we know that tyler wants to be the one to you know leave miffed and go be a jokester because he Monsters University to become a scare and now scaring to become irrelevant. We know this stuff already. Tell us something new. Yeah. So, unfortunately, guys, you know, another episode, another mess. You know, it's like... This it's is... Just... You know what? I don't know which episode was worse. The last two episodes where we talked about, okay, nothing is progressing and it was boring. But this one was just frustrating and so irritating. I might even say this, but I think this is the worst episode we've seen yet. Uh, and it could probably still get worse. Uh, yeah. So we're, ba we're basically right now you know, you know, covering. You know, you know what's you know what you know what's even sadder, by oh. the way. Well, that. the reason why we thought that this episode was hilarious was because I currently am going through conjunctivitis. Oh yeah, and uh, and all like all the eyeballs going around. So I thought that I, yes. I, I, I you know I you know and I apologize to my sweetheart here. I thought it was just hilarious because she, you know she's going through that and these eyeballs are all going around. I thought this would be a very painful episode for her. It was so. it was literally painful for multiple reasons. Not because my eyelid is swollen, but because the episode was infuriating to watch because all the characters sucked. None of the jokes landed. And even with the stuff with like Mike's comedy class, I mean, it was just him trying to explain what a knock-knock joke was, but they're taking it too literally. I, it's like... I, I don't know the worst uh, thing. Like, the, 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 the comedy class stuff was kind of like what we were holding on to for like a laugh. And now that's not funny anymore. Nope. 
Not not even in the slightest. It's like, okay, we get it. These monsters are taking, you know, human jokes way too literally. We get it. And then, you know, he has to be taken in a stretcher saying, it's a simple thing. You say knock-knock. You say who's there. You say orange. And then they're like, but you're green. It's like, oh my god, just please end. Yeah. It's just, it's a... Uh... It's not a good episode. It just, it just no. isn't. And uh, this, my, this big, my biggest fear is, is, is that don't, don't you get the feeling that this show's getting worse as we go along? Yes, it has been getting worse. The first two episodes started off very promising. Episode three was kind of a disappointment because it was how you, you know it was just pointless and boring, and you know the, the characters were acting stupid, and Tyler was just acting like. Oh, you know, he's clueless about being a MIF member, which is to be expected. But, you know, it's like, fine. The stuff with, you know, Mike being with um, Snore was kind of cute. Door. Episode four was like, oh, my God. Now we have a bowling episode. And then we have the whole liar reveal thing and him trying to do anything he can to get to the top. Pass. And then this episode right here where just everybody was just acting like idiots and just, you know, repeating the same tropes over and over and over again. It's like, I'm just done at this point. And the thing is, we're only halfway done. We have five more episodes to go until the season one finale. Yeah, and even I don't, then, I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to do this. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Is that, mind you, like when we get to the finale, I guarantee you, like the way this is being received right now, I don't think there will be a second season at this point. Oh man, Ugh, you know, well, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean. They really need to step up. I'm sorry, Pixar. You you have been doing bangers with your movies, but with your TV shows, wow. I mean, uh, wow. I don't know. You like, really would, would we argue what we've seen so far is worse than Cars Two? Uh, well, at least with Cars Two, I mean, I know a lot of people like the the fr- the franchise. I mean, you know, some people would argue, oh, they're just focusing on the the popular character and they're taking them in a new direction. You know, instead of a a humble story about an overconfident car and learning about his humble roots and Route sixty six and Radiator Springs. And now we're going over to a spy movie. And then the third one, which is supposed to be like a more dark, serious take with Lightning McQueen retiring. I mean, at least there was some variety there. But here in Monsters at Work, it's like nothing. Yeah. Anyway, this is shocking to say that we are now starting to praise what Cars 2 was able to feature. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's where we are with Monsters at Work, unfortunately, everybody. And uh, yeah, not much to write home about. Uh, nope. No. So I am dreading episode six. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, well, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure at this point. Like it's. Uh, it's just sad where we are at the it moment. Is, it is very sad, and and and, I, and now it just makes me wonder: Can Pixar even do any more animated series because of what they're doing with Monsters at Work? It's like maybe they're not set up to do animated series. Maybe they're you know their style is more akin to movies. Yeah. But then again, I haven't seen um, Star, you know, Buzz Lightyear or Star Command in a very long time, other than just the um, the Adventure Begins, the directed video movie we talked about many years ago. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So first of all, we're going to start off with Monsters at Work and reviewing see episode seven, which is going to be about Vendy. Uh, and uh, no, this isn't a character that has uh, been uh, prevalent in the show. It is a vending machine. So, yes. um, yeah, so the whole story is that the um, uh, Tyler, Tyler breaks the vending machine, they all have a funeral for it, and they get a brand new vending machine, um, this vending machine ends up malfunctioning, and uh, then they end up having to try and uh, fight off this vending machine, and uh, they have no faith in Tyler doing it, because he obviously breaks everything, and uh, he's not a very good mifter, apparently, and uh, so he, uh, they find that he's actually so good at breaking things, that apparently they send him to save the day. 
Which, uh, you know, just it's uh, nothing. Can we really say anything progressed in this episode, really? Like, uh, I mean, we we got introduced to a vending machine character, somewhat that was kind of relevant to Mift, and so and then Fritz was really upset about it. But other than that, no. I mean, we have another side plot involving with Mike and Sully trying to boost morale in Monsters Inc. And Mike goes overboard by spending money on just a bunch of things that are, you know, that he thinks is high morale, like buying foosball tables and fine art and giving everybody money. So it's like, uh, I mean, you're spending, I, I know what he's trying to do. You know, he's trying to boost up morale so that they can be able to keep the company afloat, which, okay, that's fine. But he's doing it in all the wrong ways. I mean, he almost like jeopardized the company. And if it wasn't for the fact that, oh, yeah, bo bo you know, morale has been boosted and we got more laughs again. It's like, yeah, but that still should have been cause for like major repercussions because is any of this stuff even necessary? Like, well, I well, Mike, Mike Wazowski steals money from his own best friend to pay all his workers. Like, yeah. it's, like it's like, um, I'm sorry. Like, that sounds really, really awful. Like, you know, it does sound awful, yeah. And I know what she's you know saying, like, oh, but it's for the benefit of the company. But it's like, okay, benefit of the company. But you remember that Mr. Water News, um, you know, he stole, he almost stole Boo and was about to kill and kidnap her because, oh, he didn't want the company to go down. So it's like, okay, now you're gonna be stealing money from your best friend for the good of the company. I mean, come on, Mike, that that that's. That's bad even for you. Yeah, it is. And so, like, mind you, like, this whole this whole show is just going downhill pretty much at this point. Like, it's just... It's... I, I, would, I would admit that it's not as bad as last week's episode. Well... But it's yeah. still not very good. No, it's still not very good, no. But uh, I just feel like we're just kind of, like, just uh, kind of not... There's no episode I can't say that I can point to and say that, yeah, this is the episode you should watch to, you know, get the best out of the show. Other than the, the other than the first two episodes. Well, even then, like uh, you know, the first two episodes were kind of like we were, were funny and like in a mean spirited way, but then you kind of like they they kind of lose their their spectacle after a while. Like you know, I think uh, I think with the vast, for at least for the first two episodes for me, it was just kind of like, well, um, oh, it's great to see you know Monsters Inc back. You know, hey, we got some new stuff here, and then that's kind of like lost its uh, lost its sparkle a little bit now for me, and now it just kind of feels like, oh, this is a show about you know what happened after Monsters Incorporated, and it's not very good. You know, yeah, it's just, it's, that's I, I mean, I the, the the thing of it is, is that there was even this bit of a conflict. It's like, oh, man, because of budget cuts, somebody's going to be leaving Mift. And we thought, OK, so who's going to be the one to leave Mift? Is it going to be Tyler because he's not very good at it? Or is it going to be Duncan? Is it going to be Val? Is it going to be Cutter? And then we had this one moment in which, oh, you know, Fritz is saying, uh, no, it's going to be me. I'm going to be retiring. But then but then we kind of already had a scene before saying, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the morale has been boosted and we got a lot of money again. So I felt like the, the scene should have been reversed. It's like, you know, we have... Uh, Fritz talking about it, and then we found out from a phone call saying, "Hey, morale has been boosted." So yeah, I mean, it kind of like took away the intensity. Yeah, well, like, here's the thing about this: like, I would have uh, had no problem. Like, I mean, Fritz, I mean, he really doesn't. He's not really had all that much of like a, a character, really, except for that he's a bit of a you know he's a you know this over uh, uh, you know this uh, overly happy you know kind of klutz kind of like you know of a of a uh, of a leader in Mift. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I would have been happy, like, if they wrote him out of the show at that point. 
really like you know he's just it's uh he's not really given us much in these last couple of episodes to say you know to kind of like he and most of these characters haven't really justified their presence on the screen you know like yeah uh, i mean duncan is still awful by the way he's still i think he's the worst character of the show he is and i mean cutter is probably like the best one considering that you know she actually takes her job seriously but then you have that whole running joke about like oh yeah i remember this mifter something bad happened and we never saw him again it's like okay you've done this like six times already it's getting old and then val is just absolutely just oh bubbly and happy but it's not bubbly and happy in a charming way so that's kind of wearing thin and then we already know about tyler he's supposed to be the main focus of this and he's supposed to train his way so that he can become a jokester but even then we haven't really seen much progression in him either as a jokester or even as a mifter like he still sucks at it i mean he yeah. broke the vending machine and yet he gets to keep his job he's like are you supposed to learn how to fix this and then at the end when he does fix the old vending machine and it kind of works but you still have to like bump it it's like okay but i don't know just something about it just felt kind of like stagnant like nothing really happened with any of these characters that we haven't seen before and yeah, I, and the whole, um, you know, boosting up morale in Monsters Incorporated, it's like, they're kind of like minor things. And if you want to really boost up morale, things that would really boost up the morale in people if they want to continue going to work is, you know, maybe a good attitude, um, a raise, better benefits, not things like foosball tables and fine art. It's like, that's just minor stuff. You need to get to the major stuff. Why do you think that people after the pandemic had not decided to go back to their dead-end jobs after th working from home. It's like, there's nothing for them to go to. That You know, working long hours with little to no pay, little to no benefits, and little to no opportunities for them to get promotions or for them to expand. I mean, that, that should have been the main focus, is that, hey, you know, better opportunities for Monsters, Inc., and, you know, maybe better opportunities for jokesters, better opportunities for the mifters, better opportunities for everybody, more... Um, more benefits. I mean, the whole, oh, you know, paying, uh, you know, like, uh, what was it, free money Mondays? I mean, hey, why don't you have it as a raise as opposed to, like, stealing Sully's money to pay these people? It's like, are you going to continue this on? It's like... Uh, the, the whole thing about this was just wrong. Like, I, I mean, it had some good intentions, though, with Mike trying to boost morale, but the execution of it was, like, wrong and as for like oh you know we're gonna be able to have this tense moment where somebody from mift is gonna be gone but the the tense moments kind of just dissipated the moment that we learned that morale was boosted and then we saw that scene where fritz was saying well it's gonna be me i'm gonna be the one retiring it's like but wait a minute we already knew in a previous scene that you're not gonna lose your job i think you're gonna be okay so yeah, nothing really much to say about this episode. It's just yeah, another it's, disappointment. It, 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 you know, like I think it would have been a worthwhile episode if we had learned that Fritz was leaving the show. I think it would have been kind of like, oh well, you know, uh, because of budget cuts, like I, I'm, I've decided I'm going, I'm going to save all you guys and you're going to retire, and then it leaves on a cliffhanger of like, you know, what's going to happen with all the mifters and who's going like, to, obviously, there's going to be like Duncan's going to like want to take in charge and like he's going to mess it all up and everything like that. But it would like, it would have left some intrigue for the next episode, wouldn't it? Like yeah, it. like, let's just say that, um, you know, the morale wasn't boosted. Uh, do it like a two-parter. Morale wasn't boosted, and Fritz decided that he was going to retire, and then... Okay, let's just say we give Duncan well, no, the no, here's, here's what I would do. I'd be like, uh, okay, morale got boosted, and yes, we got profits, but this movie not got enough to, like, justify all the excessive spending that Mike Wazowski has done. 
So like, uh, so obviously he learns a lesson through like, you know, I shouldn't have spent, I, I should have built more rabbi, I shouldn't have spent all this money because now we're going to have to end up, you know, still having to balance the budget by doing some cuts. So like, uh, you know, he would have like had to have, like done that. He would have helped have some regret over doing that, and that would have been the having I mean, that would have been writing Fritz out of the show. So that 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 would have been doing that, and then you'd have like you know intrigue for the next episode, like what's going to happen. You know, this is the thing with like these uh, with uh, with monsters. Like, there's nothing to make you feel like you need to watch the next episode. You know. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I I know the argument. You know, these are supposed to be like self-contained episodes. You know, where you get to see a day in Monsters Inc. from the Mifters' perspective. But I mean, it it's getting pretty repetitive. Like nothing new has been really um progressing like i mean other than um you know we have tyler wanting to become a jokester we already knew that and we already know duncan wants to be in charge of the mifters we already knew that but um we haven't seen anybody getting better and, and we'll talk about the owl house in just a moment i, I mean you know what I, i've been noticing over the past few weeks that i've been tweeting about like oh um you know when i watch both monsters at work and i watch the owl house there seems to be something that is brought in that Monsters at Work fails at, but Owl House has been doing spectacularly. Two weeks ago, we talked about character additions, where we talked about Gary versus Rain, where Gary was just, oh, let's give Mike a rival character, kind of like how we gave Sully a rival character with Randall. Except the difference is they didn't put any effort in his character design nor his personality, which is a major disappointment considering that Gary is voiced by Gabriel Iglesias, who is one of the funniest comedians you will ever see. So... Uh, on contrast, we have Rain Whispers, a character that was introduced who has a really interesting backstory with Ida, was a great character in their own right, and being able to, you know, go up against Emperor Bellows, despite the fact that he is, well, they are, they are. the, um, <laughs> you know, the, the leader of the Bard Coven, and um, being able to play off that amazing duet together, and uh, you feel genuinely sad when you saw Rain being taken by Kikimura. Then yeah, the, 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 difference, week, the, the difference between Rain and Gary are night and are absolutely the complete opposites of night and day, aren't they? They really are. Yes, it, like they yes. are like you know uh, you know Rain is like you know uh, dead at midnight and you know uh, you know Gary is like you know right in the middle of like the day <laughs> like at 12 noon <laughs> at lunch. Like you know, it's like yeah. they, they are massively different characters and uh, in 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 really bad in in good ways and in bad ways. And so yeah. it just it's uh, so I think uh, yeah I totally agree with you on that and uh, yeah this is the thing about you know the Owl House and you know, covering the Owl House and covering monsters at work one show is leaving you with intrigue and leaving you with uh, with uh, sus with substance and leaving you with fulfillment so like you know watching another episode and really looking forward to the next one whereas monsters at work this is a chore. You know, like uh, it is a chore. Yeah, like uh, we ended up watching uh, you know the Owl House like, on the day it got released. You know, and uh, we waited until for Monsters of Work to like, you know, when we actually had to. When, when we only wanted to watch, we only ended up having to watch Monsters of Work when we ended up having to do the podcast. Let's just put it yeah. this way: there's yeah. no excitement and, and about the, it. I, exactly, yeah. And the the thing that I posted up last week on Twitter, where I was saying, "Wow, I found another parallel." So the the first one was the character additions. The one that I talked about last week was character development, and we talked about last week's episode where. It was going over the discussion about how there was no character development in any of the characters and monsters at work. They were just so absolutely abhorrent, where Duncan was at his absolute worst. 
Tyler hasn't learned anything. Val hasn't learned anything. I mean, every single, uh, you know, decision that was made was just absolutely wrong. And we just wanted this thing to end. And I just flat out said, I just flat out said, this is the worst episode that we've seen so far. And I still stand by it. I still think that last week's episode was the worst of the ones that we've seen so far. Now, contrast to the episode that we saw last week on the Owl House, it was the best episode that we've seen so far, at least in my opinion. It, it gave us character development for Ida, King, and Lucent Amity. And it was all thanks to a character that we never expected to see from, Hootie. So, yeah, that yeah, just was the, able just to... Just think about this for a second. Some people that consider the worst character of the show managed to basically redeem you know, part of himself and it was able to carry the story. Just, just yes. think about that for a second. Compared to other shows that have like really yeah. bad characters that we don't like and uh, don't do anything. Yeah, imagine if Duncan was the one that was carrying the story of Monsters Incorporated. Like, you know, we have one episode where he tries to help out Fritz, um, Val, Cutter, and Tyler with what they need to do. Like, maybe he helps out Fritz with, um, you know, taking care of Myth so that he doesn't have to worry about working too hard. Maybe he helps with Cutter with, you know, fixing something. Maybe he helps out with Val with, you know, trying to cheer her up if she's feeling down. Maybe he's actually trying to help out Tyler to become a jokester. If we had an episode like that, where um, Duncan was justifiably good when all of the episodes that we saw him in were just terrible, then that would be good. Or maybe, we, you know, an episode with Mike and Sully where they're trying to, um, you know, make some harsh decisions on what to do with Monsters, Inc., and they had to, you know, go above and beyond than what we've seen them do. So if an episode like that were to be played out, then that would be absolutely phenomenal. And with um, that episode, Knock, Knock, Knocking on Hootie's Door, in which we saw Hootie trying to help out Ida, King, and Luce with their problems and kind of backfiring, but at the same time, it was able to help them out tremendously. Like, we got Ida with her harpy form, we got King with his sonic boom screaming powers, and now Luce and Amity are a couple. So I think that um, it justified the meanings of Hootie being a major character where a lot of people didn't really like him. And it gotten people like really talking and it showed off character development that we hadn't seen in a while. So that is how I think that, um, you know, both of these shows parallel with, you know, episodes back to back. And I guess in this episode, I guess it will be like story progression because... In Monsters at Work, you would think that it would be an opportunity for them to kind of like go forward in, um, you know, with like Tyler trying to uh, maybe try to stay with Mift. I mean, there's even this one moment where he was talking to Val saying, I don't want to lose this job because you guys are a family to me. And I'm like, wait, when did this happen? Because throughout this entire series that we've seen so far, he can't wait to get out of Mift so he can become a jokester. And now he's treating them like a family? What's happened? As opposed Stockholm to contrast syndrome. from the oh geez uh anyway and so then we have mike and sully who are trying to keep the company afloat and you know trying to boost morale but then they thought okay uh let's have mike uh spend a whole bunch of money on just useless crap as opposed to like taking care of the root of the problem and then that just you know fix itself at the end sure as opposed to like the next episode of the owl house we're going to be talking about in just a moment in which story progression was just we got information that we had no idea about. We saw characters that started off one way and then completely transformed in another way. And also, it led up to more questions that people have been wanting to know about. And questions that we didn't even know that we knew we needed to know about. So, I I'm going to tweet about this later. But just, man, everything that the Owl House has been doing phenomenally, Monsters at Work has been crashing and burning into a fire. 
Yeah. So that's how we feel about monsters at work right now. And uh, but yeah, anyway, let's... and you know what the sad part is is that we have like uh, four episodes to go, and for the Owl House, we only have one more until this, the, the the season hiatus. hiatus. So basically, yeah. we'll end up having to only cover the monsters at work at this point. So. I am not looking forward to yeah. it. You know, I'm just really intrigued. I remember when we put out that uh, tweet saying that, you know, do you still want us to still talk about monsters at work alongside having the Owl House? And people still wanted us to talk about the monsters at work. Yeah, like, what uh, was it? Like 81% of us, yeah. uh, of the people wanted to, for us to talk about it? I mean, uh, did they just want us to complain about it? Like, uh, it's just, it's... That's uh, the question. I mean, do, uh, let me, uh, I mean, for those who follow us on social media, what is the reason why you want us to talk more about Monsters at Work? Do you like hearing us complain about it, or do you genuinely like the show? Because if you genuinely love the show, and you have valid reasons on why, please let us know. We well, would love to... Well, don't get me wrong. I look on Twitter, it. and the show does have its fans. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I just think that, uh, given the fact that, you know, me and Patricia have, like, you know, covered various, sick, you know, various Disney shows, like, you know, spanning over like you know, since the 80s like you know we're not saying that we've you know, done a podcast or like done shows since the 80s I'm not saying that at all but like we've watched shows like from Disney like from like the Gummy Bears all the way up to like you know the Owl House you know like we have been spoiled for choice in regards to like Disney shows like you know it just it just feels like the you know Monsters at Work doesn't really do much to stand out for itself only the fact that it's made by Pixar the fact that it's Monsters Inc and the fact that you know it has Mike and Sully in it you know, like, uh, yeah. those those are the only, like, positive things we can kind of say about Monsters at Work. Everything else is just, oh, you know, like, uh, the, the, the story writing, like, uh, even, you know, like, here's the thing, like, even the music, like, uh, just feels like, it just feels like there's there's nothing to kind of, like, you know, hum back to or anything like that. Whereas, like, you know, with, uh, with the Owl House, like, you know, I've been literally listening to the soundtracks on, like, they've been released by, uh, you know, by Brett on, uh, on, on YouTube, and, uh, you know, they're phenomenal. You know, like, yeah, uh, uh, Brika, for those who don't know, he is the composer of the Owl House, uh, especially around the second season when TJ Hill was the one who was composing not only the soundtrack, but also the uh, opening and ending theme song. And he's been posting his stuff up on YouTube. He also composed um, music for Gravity Falls, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and various others. Go go check out his YouTube channel where he shows you about like how he is able to put the music together. And even, you know, a day after the episode is posted, he releases the entire soundtrack track of every episode that he that, that has been released so far and oh man the music is just phenomenal in that show mm -hmm. i really like amity's theme like uh, you know the yeah amity's of... theme is really good too yeah. uh the the Edith's requiem oh my goodness that's so beautiful i, I listened to that at least uh a few times already just mm -hmm. absolutely great yeah um uh, anyway, yeah before, there's a great, like yeah. great songs Bef it. before we get sidetracked i think we should probably like uh you know we'll talk about some of the stuff we said <laughs> so we're going to talk about in the show monsters at work episode seven so um you know this is the episode where a character who had basically about two, three minutes of airtime of uh, of screen time on the original movie gets more character development than all the epi all the characters that we've been left with in for like seven episodes of this show. Pretty okay, much. so for okay, so for those who haven't seen the episode yet and you want to, you know, watch this before uh, listening to us, so yes, the abominable snowman does come back from the movie where you know he was banished for some reason. We don't know why. We didn't know why, but we will in this episode. But 
Yeah, we all we knew about him was that Mike and Sully uh, were banished because they were confronting Water News with the Scream Extractor and, you know, Boo being left around in Monstropolis and everything was go causing a huge commotion. And so they were thrown into the Himalayas and we got to meet up with the Abominable Snowman. And the only reason why he was there was because, you know, he was with Mike and Sully giving them snow cones and then Sully was trying to figure out how to get back into Monstropolis where he did find out that in Tibet there was a village and he can be able to go over there to get back. And that's all there was. That was it. And by the way, in order to understand what happens in this episode, you have to have watched the movie. So, <laughs> Yes, that is very true. So in this... Okay, so the episode starts off with um tyler learning that there you know um there's a huge heat wave going on and that uh scream uh, laughs i'm sorry are in huge demand because everybody's turning on their air conditioning everybody's trying to find their way to cool down which jesus super relatable nowadays like it has been 92 degrees in alabama and it has been hot like overwhelmingly hot and so when I saw this, it's like, oh, it's uh, 200 degrees over here. And I'm like, oh, geez, I, I relate to this so much. And so uh, Tyler thinks that this will be a great opportunity for him to show off his laughing ability so that he can be able to become a Joester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A different verse, same as the first. So then we find out that, uh, you know, in order for him to, um, you know, really get himself out there with the laughter, then he needs to collect all of these, like, um, you know, weird um things to make kids laugh and he gets a rubber chicken and so uh then he accidentally um gets himself locked up in his horns when the um the doors are not coming in all the way and so then he ends up over into the banishing door where the abominable snowman is and there we go with the same situation about like hey you know i got a buddy here here have some snow cones and then um you know because he left the door open that's when the abominable snowman decided to walk amongst uh, monsters inc and try to interact with everybody while trying to also hide the fact that he's not supposed to be here because he's banished and so val decides to find out the reason why he was banished and it actually sounds about feasible, to be quite honest. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing about this. Like, it kind of confuses, like, um, you know, so I guess Monsters, Inc., I guess, gets the, some kind of, like, legal authority to, like, banish monsters. I, I mean, guess. this is Water News we're talking about, so it makes a lot of sense, to be quite honest. I mean, Water News was, you know, he, he, I mean, this is the same monster who said, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. So, yes, if Water News was in charge of this, and if anybody was against anything that he was for, like, especially with the Scream Extractor, where, you know, hey, we need to get profits up. I mean, we saw this in the movie, where profits on Monsters, Inc. was at the, its lowest and so he was willing to take desperate measures to keep the company afloat and so if anybody were to find out about the scream extractor which we did see that it was very unethical to kidnap children and force them to scream so that they can be able to power everything and if the abominable snowman knew about this then yeah that's why they would send him over to be banished which i wonder how long it took for them to find out like how long was the scream extractor built before you know he was banished it's like was this like a new thing was it going on for a while and they just needed to do the final tests of it it's like okay like there's a lot of questions that i have to ask regarding about this yeah so but here's the thing about like, like uh, you know monsters inc apparently has like some kind of like uh, i guess i don't know if uh, if they have like again i don't know how politics works in uh, monsters isn't it monsters you know that's one thing i think uh, we would have thought we would have like uh, maybe learned about like maybe more exp expansion into like the monster world 
You know, like, how does it actually all work? Like, you know, how did uh, Monsters Incorporated actually get the legal authorities to, like, banish people into the human world? You know, like... Yeah, uh, I it, mean, like, what about Bigfoot? What about the Loch Ness Monster? I mean, what's their story? Who knows? We might find out about them. Like, uh, we've got plenty of uh, character developments in the in the, in the uh, adorable snowman, as he now known as. So, yeah, like, that is true. I mean, he, that's that's a, that's a really nice um, callback to what he wanted to be called in the the movie. He's like, I wanted to be called the adorable snowman or the agreeable snowman. So yeah, I guess his name is adorable. So yeah. Anyway, so he decides that he's going to be um, interacting with everybody, seeing how they're doing, and um, you know, he gets um, really close to uh, going over to the jokester room so that he can be able to prove himself. And then he finds out, oh wait. I don't need to do that anymore because they already accumulated all the laughter that they needed even without Tyler. So then he starts feeling guilty about leaving the, um, you know, adorable in, you know, the Himalayas where he's making the snow cones for everybody. And then he decides to let him free. And then he brings out the snow cones and it's like, oh, wow, we haven't seen you in about a month. But hey, you know, it's been really hot lately. So thank you for these snow cones. So it's like, I mean, that was pretty quick to like, you know, make a monster who was banished for like a pretty dark reason and then just like bring him up immediately. Yeah. I guess they probably haven't got to the point where like uh, they're talking about monsters being banished, I guess like and uh, cuz even they themselves like kind of shocked when the door came in. It's like, uh, oh, well, like uh, we do you remember this door? Like we couldn't recall like from like a couple of months ago, but uh, like uh, then uh, they open the door and then they realize what it is. So, um mind you, it's like uh, so I guess banishing now I guess is going to stop under Mike and Sully. I guess, uh, I guess at this point, I guess, so, I guess maybe when I see some of the other monsters come back, I've been banished before. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, now the agree the uh, agreeable or the adorable snowman, whatever you want to call him, uh, apparently he's now going to be selling ice cream, uh, for snow cones, uh, for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the best episode that we've seen so far of Monsters at Work, but still, yeah, I mean, like, the plot... But the fact that the, the side characters gets more development than all the other characters in the show... Like, yeah, just... I mean, everybody's still the same. Tyler still wants to be a jokester. Val is still a lovable goofball. Cutter's still treating her work seriously and talking about, oh, I remember when I used to do this snare trap and trap one of my husbands. It's like, oh, wow. Um, we watched two episodes in a row and involving with snare traps. One with Jacob trying to capture demons for, you know, the historical society. And then now we have this episode where, you know, she was using a snare trap so that they can catch the abominable snowman. What a yeah, coincidence. What a coincidence. Just, uh, yeah, but uh, you can tell that we enjoy the Owl House a lot more than we do enjoy Monsters at Work at the moment. So. I, I mean, like I said, I mean, it, you know, it could get better. We still have three more episodes to go, but I mean, I think it's just slowly inching its way to be better. I mean, still, I, I, feel, I still think that episode five is the worst episode so far, but I mean, episode six wasn't that bad. It was just kind of meh. And episode seven, yes, we did get the Abominable Snowman back, and you know, there were a handful of you know, chuckle-worthy moments here and there, so maybe they're starting to pick things up. Yeah, I mean, in regards to Tyler, I would have liked to have said, like, you know, if Tyler turned around and said, hey, you know, like, uh, maybe I should probably look through, you know, instead of, like, you know, concentrating on, like, you know, being the jokes, it's like, hang on a second, there's, like, other secrets in Monsters Incorporated I've discovered over the time, maybe I should probably go look at all those, maybe, maybe that might distract him from from, from being a jokester at the moment, and, like, that'd be an interesting development, like, uh, maybe he probably might do all of this, it's like, he might get to the end and say, you you know something? Um, I probably wouldn't have discovered, and I like, had all these adventures in all these episodes if I had, uh, you know, 
kind of concentrate on just being a jokester this entire time. Maybe there might be an opportunity where it's like, yeah, he gets a chance to be on the left floor, but then decides, you know something, I kind of like being a mifter now, you know, and uh, decides just to adapt to that uh, or something like that, you know, but uh, I just feel like uh, this is just another episode in the show. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, not really much to talk about because... I mean, other than the abominable snowman getting some development and knowing the reason why he was banished, then, yeah, I mean, it's just Tyler losing the opportunity to become a jokester, and then he's like, oh, there's other opportunities. It's like, okay. Okay. Okay, Monsters at Work, episode 8, and uh, this is about tiny monsters, and so uh, this is about an episode where uh, a bunch of uh, smaller monsters, who are obviously children, uh, go to Monsters, Inc. to basically see uh, what it's all about and uh, get inspired about uh, working for the company one day. So uh, some of them end up on the left floor, some of them end up on the uh, with uh, Sanitary, and uh, some of them end up with our fellow Mifters uh, in the show. Mm -hmm. Before all that actually takes place, there is a cold open because uh, Tyler has uh, pretty much maxed out his uh, auditions to become a jokester, so it looks like from the beginning of this episode he's going to end up being st stuck with the Mifters, which, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, out of everything that we've seen in the show so far, that's a really, you know, uh, that is definitely the, the coldest of cold opens, I think, you know, given the fact that uh, Tyler aspires to become a jokester, and now he's basically searched up with the project that he's going to basically going to be stuck with the Mifting for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so you know what? This is the most story-driven cold open that we've seen in this series so far, where finally it's able to you know, progress the plot that we've seen in episode one. So we saw that Tyler is not very good at doing jokes. He doesn't get the idea of banana peels. He's terrible at doing mimes. He's terrible at doing jokes. And Mrs. Flint is just telling him over and over and over and over again, saying... Yeah, you're just not cut out to be a jokester, and that was your last audition. He auditioned for this seven times, and if it, and it and this is like a once-a-week thing. So he's been trying to do this for almost two months, and he's been failing at it. And so now he needs to have this one last chance to impress Mrs. Flint, and it just so happens that her daughter, uh, Talia, is going to be with the Mifters, and so he decides to pair up with her so that he can be able to uh, convince Talia that he's funny so that he can get one more chance to audition to be in a jokester for Mrs. Flint. Uh, I didn't like this story, to be quite honest with you. It's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to use this kid to, uh, you know, uh, try and, you know, get back in again, like, because I'm, you know, but it's about that fail. I don't know what's going to be different about the eighth time compared to all the other seven that he's taken so i just i had not know like it was really like i was hoping that he was going to like maybe at the very end he did progress to like say oh you know i shouldn't have taken i shouldn't have taken advantage of you and i'm sorry like you know he definitely gets he definitely has that uh, uh kind of like progression with that but besides that like uh, it just goes back to the fact that you know it's very hard to kind of get get to like these characters you know? Yeah, especially with Cutter, where she's giving away, you know, like, bits and body parts to kids saying, oh, yeah, this is from um, this co-worker who used to work at this job, and he was in an accident, and I have whatever remnants of him left, and you can have the bottle. It's like, jeez, man, that's creepy. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is disgusting, I have to say. Like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, again, like, again, Duncan's no longer redeemable. Can we all agree no. on that? Duncan is not no. fucking redeemable. Oh, okay. Not even close. I mean, he, he, there was this little kid 
who approached him and, you know, he wants to learn more about being a mifter. And then he once again gives him a contract saying, you know, sign this if you're not interested in becoming a supervisor of mift. It's like, seriously, just stop it already, Ty, uh, you know, Duncan. And then the kid decides to go back and saying, can you sign this to say that I'm not liable for this? So it's like, OK, that was a pretty funny scene. But come on, Duncan, just stop it already. Nobody cares about being a supervisor at mift other than you. Just lay it off already it's getting old it's just tiresome like like they they, they kind of like hammer this into thing that you know, this is a funny character trait but it's not it's just frustrating it's, it is really really annoying and I, I mean i'll still stand by it that you know he is my least favorite character in this show and i just wish that he would just go away but no of course not we need to have conflict in this uh, series uh, right because... right the way i feel about it is like i've got least favorite characters and i've got characters i'll tolerate Basically, like so, like Mike and Sully are tolerable right now in regards to yeah. like you know I'll, I'll, they they will get me through an episode, but everybody else, like probably with the exception of, like the Abominable Snowman, who so far has had probably like the the biggest like you know character progression in the show, and he's only appeared in two freaking episodes. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just it's. Uh, uh, it's like, he's just a mammoth task to get through these episodes. i got to be honest with everybody, like, uh, the, the following the Owl House and doing that was getting us kind of, like, through, like, you see, I kind of felt like, you know, oh, we have to do the Monsters at Work, but hey, we get an Owl House episode as well. So it's like, okay, I can tolerate that. Like, you know, yes, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been doing a series of tweets over the past five weeks where I would compare some elements of the Owl House with... Um, monsters at work. In fact, I'm even thinking about developing this even further into a blog article because I just felt so strongly about it. But every time that Monsters at Work introduced something, the Owl House came in, introduced that same concept, and did it so much better. Like, let's just take, for example, with Duncan, how much we hated him as a character. I mean, let's take a look at the characters that a lot of people from the Owl House just hated. Like, a lot of people hated Lilith. A lot of people hated Camilla. Some people hated Kikimora, and some people hated, like, Hunter and Emperor Bellows. There were traits of them that a lot of people loved, and some people were even wrong about some of the characters because they, they turned into something that we never expected and now we just you know appreciated them for what they did so uh, duncan unless of course they're able to have one episode where he's redeemable i'm sorry he's still a terrible character yeah it's just it's uh um yeah i mean you look at the owl house we're spoiled for characters that have, de have developed in this but uh, putting duncan aside like uh, who else has developed in this show I mean, not nothing much. I mean, Cutter's still the same. You know, I take my job seriously, but oh, well, you know, this person ended up in an accident and we never saw them again. And then there's Val, who's just really optimistic and really happy and really giddy. And then you have Fritz, who's kind of like the overachieving and happy-go-lucky supervisor who wants to be able to keep his um, miffed family together, and then there's Tyler, who just doesn't want to be there. Yeah, it's, so. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's insufferable. It really is. Like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, the, uh, also, like, I would have liked it if, like, uh, they developed, like, you, would you have missed Fritz if he wasn't in this episode? Like, I mean, he kind of needed to be in this episode because, you know, this is, you know, bring your, you know, bring mini monsters day and he is the supervisor, but... Um, you know, as for like, you know, anything regarding about the story, no. I mean, yeah, the only thing that he was I there guess. for was that, I mean, the only thing he was there for was that, you know, there was just this one monster he was paired up with who barely talked. And 
Um, you know, he was offering, you know, oh, here's some soda and oh, uh, you know, here's this situation that, you know, a kid is trapped into this door and, you know, he's sliding about and he's going to be heading over to the shredder. At least the one thing that I really liked about Fritz was that he was able to take initiative because you had this other monster worker who was saying, oh, I need you to fill out this form in order for me to do this. It's like a kid is about to die. Screw the forms. I mean, I'm sure that Rose would understand that she doesn't want to have, you know, her sister come by and saying, yeah, you violated something. You know, I'm going to take you out. So, yeah, I mean, Fritz did the right thing in which he was able to just push her aside and save the kid's life. Because he his life okay, was about I, to be. I guess I guess away. I say back what I said about the you know, Fritz not being in the episode. So well, like at least that was I like mean, it, mind you, anyone could have probably done that in that situation. Maybe I don't know. But I, uh, I mean, he is the supervisor, so he would have had a lot more power. Unless Duncan would have been like, "Oh, I'm the temporary supervisor." He's like, "No, just stop it." Mind you, but no. Would, imagine if they did that. Imagine if Fritz did actually retire and Duncan did like you know assume responsibility, and so then it was like, uh, "Oh, you know, uh, well, you know, he's got all this pressure on now, and uh, maybe that mellows him out. Maybe it's kind of like you know, oh, okay, I will take the initiative here because I got to save this child." Like, you know, that would have been great, but knowing knowing Duncan and what we saw from the previous episode where he was temporary supervisor, he would have done a cover-up. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, irredeemable Duncan. Like, you know, yep. like... there, there, you know, another thing to add to the list of why he's just so terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we're, we're seeing Tyler being much more comfortable working at miffed like he's able to drive the um, the little device to save the kid and he and talia had some sort of kind of a bond where you know she was laughing and she was smiling where ordinarily she was kind of like a stick in the mud just like her mom so um i guess he's starting to become more comfortable with miffed and you know he even you know broke a donut in half and gave it to val signifying that hey maybe they are starting to get a little closer i wouldn't be surprised if there's an episode that comes up in the later part of this uh this series which by the way we have two episodes left i wouldn't be surprised if the next episode or even the season one finale has tyler finally have an opportunity to be a jokester but then he's like no i liked working at miffed well which i mean i would think that probably might end up being the last episode I think, like, uh, I think the, maybe, maybe the next, uh, one thing that'd be interesting, maybe the, the season finale basically will be a two-parter. Maybe, be like, you know, uh, um, he gets a chance to basically become a jokester now, but then so he has to do something that, uh, you know, he doesn't want to do, and then he's upsetting, you know, Mifters because of it, and then he ends up, uh, that's the end of the first episode, and then in the second episode, he probably, uh, you know, finds he's got his opportunity to basically start being a jokester, but doesn't really like it all that much, and then tries to get back into Mif's good graces, and uh, Yeah, doing possibly, that. Yeah, I mean, and also there's um, the possibility that Tyler um, would be able to get another chance because we saw in the uh, last bit of the episode where uh, Talia was telling her mom that, yeah, Tyler is funny. And so that got her thinking. It's like, wait a minute. Are you trying to do something that hasn't been done in like six episodes? Are you actually hinting on what's going to be coming up next week? Wow, what a concept! Yeah, like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously we have two episodes left now with Monsters at Work, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Owl House I feel fulfilled, with uh, Monsters at Work I don't. 
and uh, it's just it's. Uh... And, 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 and here's the thing: a lot of people have made the argument, "Oh, but it's not supposed to be like uh, a series filled with like deep characters and you know a continuing storyline. It's supposed to be like a self-contained series, kind of like The Office or Parks and Recreation, in which you're focusing on them going to work. But what made The Office and Parks and Recreation work was the characters. They were funny. They were relatable. We got to see them develop from season one all the way up into the later seasons. They had chemistry. That's the thing that Monsters at Work is missing. Chemistry. They're able to gel with each other very well. Like one is an overachiever. One is the lazy one. One is the hyperactive one. One is the stick in the mud. They all had quirks that made them memorable. Why do you think people remember characters such as Dwight? Why do you think people remember characters such as Nick Offerman? Because they were funny and they were relatable and they were quirky and they were weird and they interacted with the other co-workers very well that's what made those shows work monsters at work does not make it work i mean you know we have the same traits as what you would see in the office and parks and recreation but there's no chemistry in there yeah it's just also like even in our own workplace in real life there's progression you know, like, uh, um, I mean, like, I've had, like, uh, there's a person who's, uh, like, uh, you know, the apprentices that are, like, currently working at our workplace. There's people who do internships. You know, they don't stay in that place forever. They move on to, like, you know, bigger things. You know, like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's annoying coming back to, like, the same situation episode after episode after episode and find that, you know, nothing's really moved, in, moved uh, you know, much from, from one place to another, you know? Like, uh, yeah. it's just, it's, uh, that's what's so annoying about... You know, we're uh, watching monsters at work and just watching the same, th- you know, same thing happen over and over again. Like you, you, you could put these episodes out of out of place, couldn't you? And like, uh, you, you could pull these episodes up, and they still be like, you know, you wouldn't know which one's the first episode, and which one's the last, unless like, you know, they presumably say that they are. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's that's so, so it's frustrating about like, you know the middle of this series, but uh, you know, I just think that um, mind you, and I'm sorry to keep you know poking this, pointing this out, but you know. One show that we've been covering throughout Aaron, Aaron Patricia over the last couple of over the last couple of episodes, you know, has been done by a relatively new person, Dana Terrace. You know, there's not to say that she's not had access in like other shows as well. She has done, you know, but yeah, uh, she's done Gravity know. Falls, she's done Ducktales, she's done a fair share of other shows. Exactly, yeah. So she's she's but this was like her first time, you know. Obviously, you know, uh, you're putting something, you know, to the forefront. Pixar, on the other hand, are basically a juggernaut that has, with a gold standard that has been going since 1996. What's their excuse? I made the excuse a few weeks ago that Pixar is known for doing movies and other than Buzz Lightyear or Star Command, they've never really delved into television. This is not like DreamWorks in which every single movie that they release, regardless if it's successful or, or not, that they would release an animated series. So DreamWorks actually has experience with doing animated series based off of their movies. Pixar does not. In fact, we, I mean, at some point, Aaron, on the billion things that we need to do at some point, we need to do a Pixar versus DreamWorks comparison on some of the things that Pixar and DreamWorks have done right and wrong. And this is something that Pixar has not been doing very well on, doing TV shows based off of their movies. I mean, again, we've only seen the pilot of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. We haven't seen the entire series, so we don't know how well that holds up. But, yeah, I mean, at least with DreamWorks, I mean, I know that they've up and down in terms of quality. I mean, you know, every DreamWorks animated um, show based off of a movie is not going to be a Penguins of Madagascar or a uh, Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness or a um, How to Train Your Dragon Legends of Burke. But, 
at least, you know, they're able to try something out. I mean, whether it succeeds or fails, I mean, at least they're trying. I mean, Pixar has definitely been focusing on more of their movie lineups, and they've been doing great. But TV shows and movies are completely different. I mean, we're talking about a completely different beast here. I mean, they have to pack in story, characters, and, you know, development in either of them in 22 minutes or 11 minutes, depending on what format they want to do. And it, you, you don't have an hour and a half. You, you don't have a big budget with a movie compared to a TV show. So, yeah, we're dealing with a different beast here. So... I can I can give that excuse for Pixar that you know they haven't made a television show in 20 years. So they're still kind of a little off in terms of what TV shows back then were the standards of compared to now. Like with Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, it was a callback to like, you know, Saturday morning cartoons from the 80s and 90s and that was the idea of it. Like, okay, we're, this is the focus of Buzz Lightyear and his friends, you know, Buzz Lightyear based off of the toys, not of the actual Lightyear, which we're going to be getting next year. But, hey, we have a toy, let's make a cartoon of it. And that was what they were doing with Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and it worked for the time. Monsters at Work, on the other hand, now that we've gone through 20 years of animated shows and what they did to progress and change over time, we went through shows that had an anime phase, shows that were leaning more towards comedy, shows that were leaning towards more of dramatic, heartbreaking moments, shows that developed characters, shows that developed stories, shows that being able to expand the worlds we've come so far since buzz lightyear of star command and it seems like monsters at work they're still kind of stuck in this oh you know we're gonna do this you know um a self-contained story with all of these characters and we're hoping that you would at least get invested in it because we had a movie that was um you know based off of these characters and the world that was based off of these characters that's not enough you yep. need to do more than that i've got another theory as well which is like uh, what if they're treating monsters at work the same way they treat their shorts I mean, at least with their shorts, they're able to pack so much emotion in in even less time. Like, we saw the Sparks short series. Some of them are heartbreaking, by the way. Like, you know, the one about the dog who was getting abused and the one about the... Uh, bowl of the the ball of yarn who was trying to interact with everybody but you know finds out that she's just weird compared to everybody else and so she tries to fit in and then there was one about the girl who was autistic and was you know non-speaking and she tries to interact with the kid in the oar and you know the two robots who were trying to escape from you know being um slaves working at the the railroad i mean it's like a lot of that stuff is really touching and can really impact you in such amazing ways. And, you know, Pixar shorts have done, you know, similar things in which they're able to tell such great stories in a short amount of time. So I yeah. don't know. I now, mean, now that you put it that way, I think that's a, very, that's a really terrible comparison. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, OK, so let's just put it in this perspective. Pixar is great with their movies. Pixar is great with their shorts. Maybe they're not cut off for TV. I mean, it's kind of like with Tyler. You know, he wants to be a jokester, but he cannot be a jokester because he's not funny. And maybe that's okay. I mean, I guess the so one it's an lesson allegory that we learned... for this show, then. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Tyler become a mifter, and, you know, he's slowly getting good at it. So maybe he's meant to do that. I mean, I know that that's, you know, wasting four years of school and, you know, you end up in a job that, you know, somebody who quit school and then ended up in the same position. I know that's a bit heartbreaking and it's kind of harsh, you know, when it kind of like, oh, yeah, you, I mean, that just means that school is not worth it. It's like, yeah, but, you know, that's kind of real. Like, you know, how many 
college students do you know of who immediately went to their dream jobs after they graduated? None. Absolutely yeah, none. None. Yeah. Like we all ended up working in odd jobs so that we can survive. We all ended up working in supermarkets or in um, you know, in stores and various other things right before we slowly came up to the top. So I think that that's a great allegory. I think Monsters at Work is a great allegory for Pixar itself when it comes to their television. They're great with movies. They're great with shorts. But television, they're 20 years behind. And I think that if they want to do another television uh, series in the future, whether it be with The Incredibles or whether it be maybe we finally get the prequel with Up with Carl and Ellie or maybe with Remy and his gang in Ratatouille or maybe a Finding Nemo series or anything like that. They need to be updated in terms of, okay, this is how television is nowadays with their shows compared to what it was 20 years ago. Okay. Let's talk about something that isn't exciting, which is uh, the continuing, um, you know, uh, dull show, which is Monsters at Work. So All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, this episode just rubbed me the wrong way quite a, quite a lot, really. So, um, this episode focuses on a guy who died uh, in, when being thrown through the door shredder, a guy called David, and uh, they kept um, l- lunks of his hair and basically now do the, kind of like this worship of him, pretty yes. much. And it's just, you know what, it would have been okay if it was just like, uh, oh, you know, he was a really good friend and we're going to remember, you know, we remember him, and they kind of made it not as, you know, um, uncomfortable as they did it, like, they they did this wrong. I'm sorry, it's just like, you know, just, it was, uh, it was hard to watch at times, you know, like, and, uh, it was more like, uh, you know, just, uh, also, we got, uh, by the way, um, it was so much, to, uh, so off-putting that we completely washed over the point that, uh, uh, Tyler has now pretty much given up his idea of becoming a jokester, and is now trying to become yeah. a mifter, pretty much now, mm-hmm. so that's his, uh, his sole focus now, and so, you know, it, well, it took, what, um, nine episodes, but now we're finally seeing some movement in our character from who we're supposed to be following and rooting for in the show. You know, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to need help here, Patricia. Like, what's entertaining about this show so far? You know? I mean, I guess, you know, the, the whole point of Monsters at Work was to open up the world of Monstropolis and to see where the series left off and uh, the, the movie left off in terms of like, okay, now they were able to find out that screams are no longer relevant. Now it's laughter. And so, you know, we're, we're supposed to get like a different side of Monsters, Inc., where we're focusing on this character who graduated from Monsters University as the top scarer. And now he needs to be able to combat the fact that he's not going to have that chance anymore because it's laughter. And, um, you know, here's the thing. In the last episode, we actually gotten some story development and character development. And, hey, you know, we got to see that Tyler is trying his very best to be a jokester and he's not very good at it. I thought that they were definitely going to be leaning more towards that side of the story story with uh, episode nine it's like you know tyler has accepted that he's no longer going to be a jokester because he failed at this seven times and he didn't even know about the fact that talia told mrs flint that he's funny and so it kind of left it off in that cliffhanger it's like oh 
that's where we're going to go with this. But no, unfortunately, we did not. We just focused on this one character that was once of an employee on Mift, and everybody worships him. And, you know, they have like a, a dedicated David Day where they've been doing this for four years after he was put into the shredder. It's like, what does this have anything to do with the story or the characters? You were going in the right direction with, you know, focusing on Tyler. And the whole purpose of focusing on him was that he wanted to be a jokester. And then in the last episode, we see that he's not very good at it. It's like, okay, now he needs to accept the fact that he's going to be a mifter but no we just have this whole thing about a character that we don't even get to know about in the series other than just everybody saying he was a great mifter and he used to say all these funny jokes and he used to do all this work and all this kind of stuff and yeah it was weird like i mean i i know that in jobs you know you've always had like that one person who did like a great you know, um, service to the company. But then after a while, you kind of forget about them, you know, because they moved on, they done different things. And it's like, no, four years later, you know, everybody's worshiping David as like the greatest worker in the world. And it was weird. It's like, you know, they dedicate like a shrine to him. There's, they, they have like pretend haircuts and it's nowhere near as charming as the Adventure Time one where, you know, Jake is giving Finn a pretend haircut to calm his nerves after, you know, all the trauma that he was going through. And no, they just get haircuts because, you know, David had long hair and he was caught in the shredder and so they decided to not get a haircut. Be I, what? I don't get it. No. And so then... <clears throat> you know, the whole thing was basically just a vehicle just to have, like, you know, Tyler basically, you know, muck things up and, like, you know, continue, like, going on this charade, like, oh, hey, I've got it all under control. You know, that's, that's all that was there for. I mean, the uh, only thing that I've been seeing so far is that, okay, not only does he suck as a jokester, but now he sucks as a mifter because, you know, he was supposed to feed Roto, Duncan's pet, and then Roto got out of his cage because Tyler left the door open, and then he ate the hair, and then Tyler has to go after him, and so then he decides, oh, um, I'm going to get Rose's hair, which is weird, by the way, just the fact that, you know, he tried to approach with scissors and try to cut a lock of her hair, and then he decides to, um, you know, see her purse, and then, uh, you know, the hair was from the comb, and he decided to take it, and then Rose comes behind him and saying, what are you doing? And then Tyler's like, oh, you know, I want to impress everybody in Miffed. Can I get a bit of your hair? And then he just said, and then she just says, security. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a proper thing to do because, you know, what creep is going to ask for a lock of hair? I mean, that's really creepy. And then finally, um, he decides to go over to the shredder where David died. And I'm, it's like, oh, you know, we haven't run it since he died. And it's like, okay. Um, then he decides that, oh, you know, there's little bits of hair in it. And then, um, then that you doesn't know, make any sense. Because wasn't, there, wasn't there a bit like, you know, a couple of a couple of episodes before where the door shredder was actually running? Yeah, that that's, that was that was door shredder A. This is door shredder B. Oh, there's okay, a difference. Then. Yeah, I, I missed that. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, I mean, like, there was nothing... I mean, I can understand if they shut down that door shredder because it's like, yeah, a person... A monster died in there. We don't want to have any mistakes like that, but... But still, I mean, that's like a major shredder that is, you know, no longer running and that, you know, we saw in the last movie that they were using shredders like crazy because kids were not getting scared anymore. So it's like, that seems to be like another reason why in the first movie it was offset due to the fact that, um, you know, you have to have all these doors shredded and the fact that one of the shredders was not functioning anymore because of that reason, it's... I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Tyler goes over to that particular shredder. He almost gets himself shredded himself, and then he sees David in heaven, and he just says a whole bunch of these, like, really cheesy phrases, like, 
um, you know, uh, you know, you know, do all this stuff, and uh, you know, parking is very important if you go mm-hmm. over to the right place. And you know, I mean, I guess that's the reason why everybody liked David because he just said all these like really quirky things that has nothing to do with anything. And then finally, he tells him something relevant, like be honest and be reliable. And then finally, you know, he gets Roto and he puts him back in his cage. And then, uh, you know, he finally gets Rose's hair because Rose says, you remind me of me when I was passionate about my job. And it's like, okay, sure. And then immediately everybody mind, recognizes. Mind you, there, there, there was one bit that we glossed over there, and that was that uh, you know, like uh, you know, she gave her some of her gave, gave some of her hair, and then uh, Tyler points out, "Well, I don't see any of your hair cut off." And it's like, you know, it's best you don't ask any questions about it, which is which uh, uh, insinuates that uh, she gave um, uh, Tyler some of her pubic hair. Oh God. Oh, jeez. Ah. Uh, I know. Okay. Uh, they, they, I'm just disgusted by this episode. I really am. Jeez. Okay. I need to continue before I throw up. Yeah. Okay. So they finally have this last ceremonious um, seance for David to give the respect that he deserves because he was a great mifter. And then immediately they realize that's not David's hair. Until then, Tyler confesses, and then Cutter comes out and says, Oh, don't worry, David was a shedder. We have plenty of his hair. And I'm like, wow, what? you just completely wasted our time then. Well, no, that's even more disgusting. Like, why would you keep all of his hair? Oh, jeez. Like, it's just that is, gross. That is disgusting. Are you trying to insinuate that because he shedded so much that you decided, oh, instead of, like, sweeping it away and throwing it in the trash, we're just going to keep it because we just like David that much? That is creepy as hell. Hey babe, you know when I pass away, I'll I'll give you the uh, I'll I'll give you the opportunity to uh, keep my right arm, if you <laughs> want, and you can like put that up on like in a jar if you wish, and then every oh. time you want to remember me, you can just get it out, like you know. Ah, just... No, that's disgusting. I know ah. exactly. That's how I feel about this episode. And then it and then it just tries to like offset the the disgustingness by posting up uh, the comedy class where Mike is trying to but explain. What's, what's the point of the comedy classes anymore? Now that he's not becoming a jokester. No. Uh, because hey, we need to have Mike and Sully in an episode, so let's just put in the comedy class. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's uh, yeah, I- I'm not invested anymore. That's that's how oh, I feel about this episode. Well, this we... episode was just as bad as episode five, where it was just incredibly infuriating to see Duncan Scrub being an employee, uh, um, you know, a, a, a temporary supervisor. This episode was uncomfortable and disgusting in just the wrong reasons, you know. And the fact that you know Tyler had to lie to his employees when he's just trying to be a good mifter. It's like no, it just gives you a reason why he shouldn't be a good mifter. I mean, you know, the stuff that we were able to get in episode 8 where it progressed the story and the characters it just completely took a huge step backwards with this one like this episode is not necessary it's pointless yeah so and we have um, one and we have one more episode to go by the way oh, and that's the season finale oh thank god like uh, I, I, once once that episode's done i'm 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 done with this whole series like it's just, uh, it's, even yeah. even if they announce a season 2 yeah i th- i think we should just end it there i think you know, like uh, I'm not. It's, it's uh, I, I really thought, uh, you know, like oh hey, we're gonna finally get uh some kind of prequel to Monsters Inc. I thought, if I, yes, finally they're gonna finally do it. And now seeing this, it's just like no, nah, this is not what I wanted at all. 
Well, I mean, we, we, we got that with Monsters University for its prequel, and that was a movie that we didn't but want. No, we nobody, wanted a yeah. sequel with... Nobody wanted, no, we wanted, wanted a sequel prequel. with Sully and Boo. Yeah, we, uh, well, this is a sequel, remember? Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like, just, just do a sequel to Monsters, Inc. Incorporated. That's all you need to do. You know, uh, we want to see what happened with, you know, with Boo later on in life, you know? It's just, well, mind yeah. you, even if they did do a sequel, I bet you it's going to probably just be latched onto, you know, maybe maybe the percent monsters at work never happened, which will latch it onto, like, you know, the back of the other movie, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But so far, Monsters, Inc. just hasn't been really good in expanding the world or the characters. Monsters University was just, like, not necessary. And then Monsters at Work, it, I mean, it, it focuses on different characters, but they're not interesting, and it's a massive letdown. I'm hoping that this last episode of season one will be able to just, you know, be the closure that it deserves. Because afterwards, I mean, just like what Aaron says, we're not going to watch season two. I mean, I'm sure that our fans are going to be demanding it. But still, it's like, I mean, it's not justifiably so on why we want to watch it anymore. You know what? I'm actually, uh, tell you what, um, let me just uh, check on the latest news with Monsters at Work because I have no idea what's uh currently uh currently going on with yeah it. yeah go for it but yeah i mean i'm just hoping that um this last episode of season one it can finally give us closure that we want and or i love you know, this review uh, monsters at work a different experience <laughs> that's the best they can go they can say with it um okay different good or different bad uh, i'm not a chance to read i'm just really trying to find out if there's going to be any more monsters at work, but uh, I mean, right now they're just focused on the current uh, current season. So, yeah, uh, no one seems to be gasping for more monsters at work at the moment. I don't think. So. Yeah, like well, I, I'm looking through like um, you know Twitter and uh, you know Reddit and various others, but it does not get anywhere near the amount of. Um, you know, like hashtags or, um, you know, discussions of the episodes or discussions of the characters like we've seen other shows. Like, you know, when, whenever we see... Uh, like, the uh, the latest uh, episode of the Outland Disney Plus posted up on uh, Twitter, it only got like 100 likes. Oof. Yeah. Ouch! Considering of like you know, if you ever if you ever post like things on the Owl House, it gets thousands of likes. I mean, every week Owl House episodes will be trending on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, and other social media outlets. And every time that there's a new character introduced, they immediately get fan art. When we saw Rain, fan art. When we saw V, fan art. When we saw Hunter, fan art. With Gary, with um. Uh, you know, like, other characters that were first featured, it's like, nobody cares. It's like, and with episodes, it's like, every time that an episode, it it looks like it's going somewhere, they take a huge step backwards with an episode that's just pointless or just annoying or focuses on wrong characters. Like, it's just like you said before, we got more development on the abominable snowman than we did with any of the Mift members. Yeah, well, like, uh, the, the adorable snowman is what we're supposed to call him now. Sure, sure. But okay. you, you get what I'm saying. So, I mean, the fact that we are going to have one or more episode left, and it's supposed to be the one that ties everything together of what we've been building up over the past 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. hoping that it'll prove me wrong, you know? I mean, so far, I've been proven right in terms of this show is a disappointment, and maybe Pixar can't do animated shows, but... I'm hoping that I'll be wrong next week. I'm really hoping so. I'm hoping so too. But right now, I'm, I'm not enjoying myself with this series. I really haven't. Yeah. And don't worry, we will discuss about it in a Pix Mix episode once we're done with all 10 episodes. Mm hmm. 
Monsters of Work for season finale. Um, surprisingly good episode. And yeah, uh, like, wow. Let's see what we got. We got one character development, two, a callback to a previous episode, three, conflict, four, a satisfying conclusion, and five, a callback to the movies. Where did this come from? I mean, like, it's just this, uh, I mean, why have they left it till now? Like, I get it's the season finale, but, you know, like, uh, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, it's not enough to save the show. I mean, like, well, I guess in their minds it's enough to save the show, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But, like, I mean, we've really not had a chance to, like, really get to like the characters all that much. And, like, uh, then also, uh, we, I mean, I guess you can say you know, Tyler's finally got his, like, conflict that should have really been playing out for the entire show where, you know, he's conflicted about being a mifter or conflicted about being a, a jokester. But obviously now, I guess he was born, I guess now he's gone back to uh, being a jokester now, and now that's his thing now. So, which is kind of disappointing, really, because, like, I would have liked it where he's kind of like, he would have, like, he's trying to use really hardest to, like, become a jokester and uh, trying to go on that arc. But then, uh, you know, he would have realized how actually good it is actually being part of the Mifta team and uh, everything like that and he decides to stay and then maybe like uh, if the show continues to be good and like we go seasons for you on maybe they could reintroduce the fact that he could still become a jokester and like you know mm. we'll probably have that again but you know like uh, so um, the way we've left off now uh, apparently is uh, there was a th once again they've introduced a threat to the factory which you know is uh, going to be resolved by the end of the episode and by the way like did you were, did you believe at one point that you know Monsters Inc was going to get shut down no, no. I like the 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 way that the show has been tailored so far in season one. It's just it doesn't give you any threats they introduce to the show. You just don't believe it's going to happen. Even I was like saying, you know, when Ross finally, if right, Ross comes back and apparently now she's part of like a whole new like energy consortium or whatever, and uh, apparently now she's saying, sure. oh yeah, well, uh, Monsters Inc is going to get closed down and we're going to go back to screen power unless you know uh, the which by the way, like um, what the I mean the the Fairco? Like, apparently there is yeah. other, like, power factories. Apparently we did that, know about Fear Co. in a previous episode, yes. Well, well I mean, like, we know in a previous episode, but, like, it kind of, like, messes around. Like, wh why does it matter if Monsters, Inc. closes down, then? If you've got Fear Co. to, like, pick up the pieces. Because yeah. Monsters, Inc. is a bigger company, and that's where they get most of their power from. Okay, then. Well, okay, that's, that's explained. But, you know, just, I don't know. Like, I always like to believe that Monsters, Inc. was, like, the place where they got their scream from. You know, like, and like that's the like, the sole power plant they were like Maybe on. maybe Fearco is like a smaller division. It's like, oh, you know, here is AT and T, but here's a smaller uh, company that you can get your phones from, and or you know, here's a uh, Con Edison where you get all of your uh, gas power and your electric power, but then you have a smaller one. So yes, Monsters Inc is the one that is the most popular, and it's the one that has um, the most advertisement so i guess maybe fearco is like a smaller company that still relies on using scare power mind so you, mind that's you, in what the in order to care about that it has to be invested in the show which i'm not so like uh, yeah it's just it's uh but you know like i guess the uh the, i mean obviously imagine they have this moment where it looks like they're trying to play up conflicts of like you know saying uh, oh hey we need to uh be, we're not sure if we have to go back to laughter or we have to go back to scream and then they have this moment where tyler and you know um sully you know interact with one another and uh, i don't know like uh, apparently this was to be quite a sentimental moment but like the the atmosphere is sentimental like uh, there is like you know emotion in that but i don't know like i just feel like uh, Oh, hey, are we, are we gonna have to go back to Scream, or if we're gonna have to go back to, uh, you know, whatever? I don't know. I just didn't feel it. 
It's just again. Well, like I mean, a- they were trying to like tie in back to the movie where, um, where Tyler was asking, "Why can't we just return to scream power? I mean, you can be able to become the top scarer again if you do it." And then he talks about Boo, mm, which yeah. is the first time he mentions Boo in the entire series. Exactly, and uh, a lot of people. This is the thing. Like a lot of people have been like have been asking, like, "When are we gonna get Boo?" And it's like, well, I mean, and also there's a continuity error in this as well because if you remember, like uh, that whole scene at the very end is like apparently it was supposed to take place one year later, and apparently yes. this, this takes place one day later. So he's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because the reason why it took place one year later was because Mike needed to get all the pieces from the shredder of Boo's door and put it back together, and he said, sorry, it took so long. There was a lot of wood to go through. So, yeah, that took a year to happen. And also, we saw in the chart that it went from, you know, low power to high power. So, yeah, the whole thing is a continuity error. Now, the whole thing about, like, the canisters, like, Tyler came up with the idea of the bigger canisters. That was actually really clever. I like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, I mean, I would have liked it if they would have stretched it out and maybe we got that scene in maybe, like, the last episode of the entire series. Which, here's the thing. I predict that they only had that one season. And maybe because that views were skyrocketing so much, they decided to pick them up for a second season. I think that this was supposed to be, like, a one-shot deal. Kind of like how originally uh, Nickelodeon only gave Legend of Korra one season, and then they had to tell, like, a self-contained story. I have a really strong feeling that they probably thought that they were only going to get those ten episodes, and they were going to do all the the telling of the stories that they can. But because everybody was watching it on Disney+, Plus, Disney was like, we're going to give you more episodes, and we're going to give you a second season. Yeah. And so, it, it I makes me feel like It makes me feel like they had the, the same mindset that they had for their shorts. Like, you know, like, they were only going to, like, play it out for, like, that certain amount of time, and then after that it was going to be all said and done. But uh, you know, but you know, I will give them props to this. Like, uh, apparently, I must be in a minority of this because while I didn't particularly enjoy monsters at work, I have to say a lot of other people did. And so, props to you if you did. But uh, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Coming out of this show, I just feel like you know we're not really gone. I mean, obviously Tyler's now become a jokester, and so that's the progression in that regard. But I don't know. It's just, it's just. Uh, I felt like I would have done it a whole lot different. I feel like I would have done it a whole lot different. Like, you know, like, uh, the also, the, introdu- the introduction of Gary, you know, in this was obviously unnecessary in yeah. in, in this whole show. And uh, so, I mean, those bits I didn't particularly... And also, a lot of the, the episodes really are just filler. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of filler episodes. Like, you couldn't, you could miss an episode, you could, you, you could miss an episode and not really realize what's happened. Like, yeah, you know. and, and that's not good, considering that everybody does streaming now, and people binge watch, and if they watch an episode that has absolutely nothing to do with plot, or with story, or with characters, it is a waste of time. Yeah, but every episode in, in Monsters at Work should have been this episode. That we, you yes. Know, like, it should, it should have been the like, only yeah, episodes. Yeah. The only episodes that I can definitely say are worth watching is the first two, then the episode where it was the mini monster day because it actually connects with the story that we would follow up afterwards, and then this one. Uh, the other episodes are pointless. You know, I really thought it was going to be a situation where, you know, like in the Owl House, where, like, you know, the first five episodes, like, uh, you know, some people say aren't, aren't, you know, aren't as great as, like, you know, the, for the last couple of episodes. You know, I was really excited because I was like, okay, we're going off to a good start. And I thought, okay, well, this is probably just Disney, like, you know, putting their fingers in the pie. And then later on, like, you know, halfway through the season, like, you know, they're going to let Pixar kind of, like, do their thing. And then they're going to, like, it was just going to, like, you know, rock it up with, like, emotion. And, like, you know, they're going to, like, put in, like, a lot of emotional episodes or anything like like everything like that but you know because that's what pixar's known for in their movies 
and even in their yeah. shorts. But in this, like, it just felt like uh, it just. Uh, I didn't feel the same way that I felt like when I'm watching a Pixar production. I just didn't. And, well, uh, you have to remember, we're talking about a different division here. I know exactly, but you know, like some of that inspiration should have come come over to it. I think. But uh, no. I mean, it, it, you know, we are going to talk talk about this in Picks Mix, where we'll definitely give our overall thoughts of the first season. But to be quite honest, I was kind of disappointed with this. I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I'm totally disappointed. Like, I, yeah, all, I, mean, all I, I can I hope say for... it's not it's not terrible. It's not the worst thing that I've ever seen. But because it's coming from Pixar of all things, but you would think that they would definitely be the ground breaking work of hey you know disney we know what they can do with their animated movies and turn it into shows so let's see what pixar can do and we got there with buzz lightyear of star command and i thought hey you know with monsters inc we can expand the world but other than just like maybe four out of the ten episodes it's not really worth going back to and watching but we, i mean like with the outhouse, was, yeah exactly oh, that's okay, what we, i was about to move on to that like you know we've been spoiled at the moment because like we've had gravity falls we've had the owl house we've had amphibia we've had various other animated shows that follow this pattern of like continuing the story as we go along and also you know giving us characters that so you know we can really get invested in and also giving like emotional stories on, on top of that as well monsters of work didn't really give us anything in that regard. Yeah, like, I mean, and also, you know, once you watch one episode of Monsters at Work, there's no reason for you to go back to. Like, I mean, with Owl House, on the other hand, there's a lot of reasons to go back to it because there are pieces of the story that was brought up in one episode of the season and now it's all coming together. Like, the, did you see the recent video that Rebecca Rose posted? Uh, not recent, no, not the recent one, no. Okay, I didn't know this either. I was genuinely shocked. But the episode yesterday's lie, when Luce was in the in-between, you know, the, that little um, section where she was, like, getting into the portal and, you know, she was trying to call into her family. Yeah. Apparently, in the background, there were whispers going on that nobody oh, knew about. yeah, I, I saw that. Sorry, I thought you were going to do... I thought you were, well, yeah, I, I saw that, too. Yeah, what's it got to do with Monsters at Work? Okay, I'm trying to bring up a point here that I have no reason to go back to watching an episode of Monsters at Work again. But Owl House, I didn't even know about the whispers, and now I need to go back to watching that episode again so I can listen into it oh, myself. Oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, like, my, there's and also, like, well, the Owl House gives us a lot of reasons to go back. I mean, like, yesterday's lie, when, when we found out that V had uh, gone through the portal after, you know, uh, uh, um, Luz had first gone through. Like, if you remember, like, in the first episode, there is actually a character that strictly looks like V under a hood, and actually, you know, and she's actually is seen in, this, is actually seen in the shot. At that time, yes. so yeah, Owl House obviously gives you reason to go back. It gives you reason to re, you know, to tune into the next episode because you're wondering what the hell is going to happen next. You know, like yeah, and then you go back to these episodes the, the the next time because now that you have knowledge about what you know, you can go back to it, and then you're like, oh, they did mention this at one point, and it gets you excited. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, you know, Owl House, Amphibia, and Gravity Falls, and all these other shows do that. Monsters at Work just doesn't. And like, yeah, uh, like I, I have no reason to watch the bowling episode again. Exactly. Like, I, I hated the bowling episode. Like, uh, the episode that I really hated the most, I, I think it's still the worst episode, was when Duncan was the temporary supervisor. I have oh, yeah. no reason to watch it again. You know what? I have no I, reason I, I, to. I would really have loved to have seen a story where Duncan is like trying to like get his, you know, trying to get to the top and like, you know, he's trying to do something with Fritz to like, you know, get his way up. But, uh, you know, like, he, he, that, that just pitted out. 
pretty much. And uh, mind you, I mean, we've got a whole Pixmix episode, so I talk about Monsters of Workers in entirety. But uh, just focusing back on this episode, this this uh, it's sad that we're leaving Monsters of Work on this note because I would love to have seen Monsters of Work be as good as this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's not. It really isn't. And, uh, you know, like, I felt like, you know, they also that, that episode in particular should have played through, like, the entire episode. Like, the idea that they could have been, like, you know, uh, dominated by Firco. The, uh, you know, uh, you know Tyler, you know, constantly having these uh, these conflictions about, you know, whether he actually wants to become a, a jokester or not. And actually, you know, would like to, to just hang out with the Mifters. I would like to say that played out for, like, the entire show. Like, like all these or, other or variables. maybe we, we could have had... Or maybe we could have had an episode where Fear Co. was approaching Monsters, Inc. and seeing that they are going over to this laughing t uh, department, uh, you know, direction as opposed to scaring. And then, you know, maybe like, you know, Fear Co. goes over and, you know, brings in, uh, you know, somebody who's hiring saying, hey, you know, all you scarers out there, you're not getting into the joking thing. Come to Fear Co. and work for us. And maybe Tyler could have left and gone to Fearco because he, you know, he had the experience of being a scarer. If we would have had an early episode like that, that would have definitely changed the game. Yeah. But uh, I guess that leaves us with season two, uh, which uh, I think, uh, I mean... I have no idea where they're going to go after this, because uh, well, the ending of the first episode, of the last episode, kind of like washed hands, and it's like, yeah, I think uh, if they would have ended it right there, I would have been satisfied. I tell you what, like, uh, you know, they left it at basically the end of the first movie. Pretty much. So, yeah. like, I mean, what we're going to get in Season 2, apparently, is probably going to be, like, what is going to be the true sequel of Monsters, Inc., I think. And, uh, which, uh, I mean, I think we'll leave on a couple of things. Like, I, you know, the way, one way, and I know they wouldn't have done this because obviously they didn't know if they were going to get the first, the second season or not. I think I agree with you, Patricia. I don't think they, I think they agreed that, so they thought they were going to get the one season. Because if they, if they knew that there was going to be a second season after Season 1, I guarantee you, they probably would have teased us with Boo. I think. Yes. Yeah, like uh, the, um, uh, like if they if they'd left now, forgive me, mind you, they could still probably do at the moment because they have left it. I mean, obviously, there's a massive continuity area now because no, no longer is no longer one year ago. It's like one day, one day later, uh, apparently. Oh, but uh, you know, yeah, like sure. yeah, like I think this is. I don't know if they're just doing this intentionally now, where this is a running joke, where like you know they say that Mike and Sully like you know uh, met in the fourth grade, but then they finally just met like in the Monsters University. I I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to just play this for laughs now, where, like, there's just massive continuity errors in the show. Yeah, like, but that, that's a continuity error for uh, a scene that a lot of people really genuinely cared about. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, I just think that uh, um, whatever they do with season two, like, uh, they're going to play pull out all the subs for it, I think. Unlike, uh, they really need to, they need to look at, like, Owl House and Amphibia and, uh, and Gravity Falls for story progression. I think in this, I think uh, they need to, uh, you know, talk about maybe maybe the focus on season two boy isn't going to be on Tyler anymore. Maybe it's going to be the or maybe they might do focus on Tyler, and maybe they might focus on uh, Tyler and uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, Val. Val's. Uh, yeah, you have to remind me of the characters' names. So that, again, that's how invested I am. Uh, uh, Tyler and Val. I mean, maybe they can focus on their relationship, maybe. Uh, maybe that'd be. The I mean, or, or maybe two? they'll go in the, in, or maybe they'll go in the Infinity Train route, in which they'll focus on a different monster. Maybe. You know, so. kind of like uh, Infinity Train, in which every season they focus on a new character, but the same thing happens. The Infinity Train comes by their way, they get in it, and they go through an experience, and they go through something that you know, um, you know, either tragic or scary or happy or something like that. So. 
maybe they'll focus on a different monster for Monsters, Inc. Maybe it'll be somebody from a different department, or maybe it'll be a new person who was a scarer and, you know, is going to be training up to be a jokester. I don't know, but, you know, if if they are going to go into Tyler again, that they they really need to, like, you know, push the, the story forward. Yeah, but uh, thankfully, uh, the fact that you know, Tyler now is on the joke floor and no longer in the misses, I think uh, we can finally say, that hopefully, that we're now done with Duncan. Oh, like, thank you, God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least, you know, we have that idea that we're not going to see much of Duncan anymore, so I'm happy. Yeah, like, uh, do you know what would be kind of cool? Like, uh, maybe, well, my problem is that it's only one day later, so, like, uh, if Boo did come back, obviously she wouldn't be older, would she? So, no, not she would still be a toddler unless they screw up that continuity error too. Yeah, like maybe she can go like a full adult, and you know, then she ends up like working like you know, in uh, she ends up like being like the first human employee of like Monsters Incorporated. Like, I mean, to be quite honest, we really don't. I mean, I, I mean, we assume from the movie that you know the human year and the uh, Monstropolis year work the same. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do for Monsters at work. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I think people are still crying out for, like, you know, uh, what would um, what would Mary be like, you know, a good couple of years later? Like, you know, uh, as uh, I think that would probably be the best way going forward, I think. But uh, mm, Yeah, uh, I mean, if she'll be like her actress, then she'll be a yoga instructor. I don't know. So, anyway, that's our thoughts on Monsters of Work season finale. So, I think uh, we'll probably leave it at that. So... Yeah, no, not really much to say, but we will go more into it with Pixmix. We will do. All right, see you later, everybody. Bye.